is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get it right. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. You're a never was. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and this is the Sports Live Mouse. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, and no Tyler Harrison, it is Speedy Petey. Remember, you can call us at 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio. Network, Speedy Petey, what's going on? I feel like I'm in a three, four-day food coma with the amount of stuff that I had at the Super Bowl with the great spread that I had. Three for all, right? Yes. Three for all, yeah. You <laughs> like that? You like that? The little throw, the little, uh, did you play dice at this party? No, but I, I did do dice to set up the uh, the Super Bowl box game that we did. It was actually even, nicely even. Ten people were there, so everyone got ten Did boxes. you win anything? I did. I actually won the second and the fourth quarter. Everyone put in, it wasn't a big, big pot. Everyone put in. How much money did you win? Uh, total, it was $70. Seventy dollars. Yeah, because everybody everybody put in ten. I mean, there's kids there, so we're gonna we're gonna do like hundred dollar bets. Like you still won seventy dollars. I, I know. I, I, I got, I got the second. Bucks. I got the second quarter, and I got the fourth quarter because I actually, believe it or not, got the final score exactly correct. The beef. It was well, random too. I didn't really. I didn't. I randomized all the numbers, so it's not like I picked the three and the zero. It just happened to end up being that. You way. just cut me off. I was just about to say the beef won almost five thousand wow. dollars. I mean, every single year this man makes money on these boxes. The $1,000 box again, he won 50000 two years ago with Kansas City and San Francisco. This year, I was at his little party, his shinigig, and uh, the year before that, I didn't. I was not at his party. He didn't win anything. But obviously, I guess I'm his lucky charm uh-huh. because every time I'm there, this man wins money, and he gives me not one penny. Not one penny. The beef does not share. Oh, come on, beef. You're better than that. He's not a sharer. He he just takes, 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 and doesn't share. Well, uh, he's going to need it. He needs to buy himself a woman. Okay? So that's just, uh, you know, the beef. But we have a great show lined up for you at 930. We'll be talking to former Jaguars and Bills kicker and president of Pro Form Kicking Academy, Mike Hollis. So if you don't know who he is, he's been in the NFL. He was in the NFL for a very, very long time. And at 10 o'clock, we will finally get our special guest. Uh, He wanted to come on last week, but because of the Super Bowl, he kind of got caught up. He was driving uh, to L.A. Uh, We will be talking to former Chiefs All-Pro running back Christian Okoye. Yay! Uh, Yes, the Niagara Killer, we call him. Or the, uh, what do they call him? The The Nigerian Nightmare. The Nightmare will be joining us at 10 o'clock. So uh, a great show, star 
strutted, or studded show uh, coming to the Sports Live Mouse. And no Tyler. Could you imagine? Tyler wanted to interview this guy, Christian, the, the Nigerian nightmare. And he was complaining that he didn't come on last week. Finally, we get him on. And no Tyler. He decides not to show up today. He says he had something to do at work. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, maybe he's uh, fondling himself or something. Who knows? But uh, maybe, Tyler maybe will not he be had here. A, maybe he had a full-blown uh, Super Bowl hangover. Uh, maybe he was eating too much. Maybe he ate himself. I, I did too, but I'm still there. Maybe he ate himself to sleep. I don't, I don't know what Tyler is doing, uh, but uh, he is not going to be with us tonight. So all you will have is me and the great Speedy, I want to know my name, Petey. But um, we're going to get in uh, throughout the night. We're going to get into the Super Bowl, our thoughts to the Super Bowl game and last game of the season, uh, the Bengals and the L.A. Rams, too. Very talented teams, and moving forward, the L.A. Rams could still be the same L.A. Rams moving forward. I, I don't know uh, who they're going to bring back. Is Odell Beckham going to resign f- with them? Uh, obviously, there's stories coming out that, obviously, Jared Goff's contract will be off uh, next year, and, and some other players will be off, so maybe uh, they re-sign Matthew Stafford after this year and give him his extension and maybe try to get Odell Beckham and Von Miller on, you know, on the list, but I don't know if that's going to happen. And, and by the way, did you see what the GM did at the... the uh... Yes, he wore the shirt that said, uh, F-bomb them picks. <laughs> F-bomb the picks, because everybody was attacking, everybody was attacking him that he made a mistake trading away all the future picks to bring in Von Miller, Odell Beckham, and Matthew Stafford. Oh, I've been critical of him for four years. <laughs> uh, listen, they won a Super Bowl, and it absolutely helps out for whatever they gave up, but... The future is not good for this uh, L.A. Rams team that could really fall apart in the next two or three years because, obviously, they do have Jalen Ramsey. They do have Aaron Donald under contract. Uh, They have to re-sign Jefferson. They're going to have to sign, uh, obviously, Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham, if somehow they can swing that one. But uh, Odell Beckham's not going to have a season next year, okay? So he's going to be out for the whole season because I think he has a torn ACL, uh, and he could be out a significant amount of time, maybe 10 to 12 months. So I don't don't expect to see Odell Beckham next year. So maybe they do decide – to extend him, and if they promise, if Odell Beckham promises to take the two-year deal, they pay him next year, and then they pay him the year after. He's just not going to make as much money. I don't know what uh, Odell Beckham is going to do moving forward. But uh, anyways, uh, so why don't we get into the Super Bowl? Uh, we will get into this whole uh, NBA situation because it seems like there's back and forth uh, going on with the Nets and the 76ers. The introduction of James Harden the other day and the introduction just yesterday with Ben Simmons. Uh, everybody's thoughts from the 76ers to the Brooklyn Nets and moving forward with both teams. And is Kevin Durant really upset at James Harden? That, that is something that's going to be uh, be talked about in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will also get What else are we going to get We're into? We're going to get into Matt Harvey. The Matt Harvey the, thing, being yes. A, admitting that he was taking drugs in the clubhouse Not and in the dugout and apparently administered some to the now deceased Tyler Skaggs, his former teammate with the Angels. So was that K guy. Uh, the, yes, uh, K was the main yes. the coach that was giving it. And apparently he was giving it to like four other players too. It wasn't just Skaggs. Yes. So it was Harvey, Crone, mm-hmm. and a couple other pitchers. So we'll get into that. And what else do we have, Speedy? On the and then we list? got the, a lot of these uh, off-season rumors already swirling yes. between these quarterbacks. The Colts not bringing back Carson Wentz, the Kyler Murray drama, and receivers too. Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf. Where will they end up going? We'll get into that as well after we get uh, off with our two very 
fortunate guests. <laughs> fortunate to be the one. Uh, anyways, fortunate uh, to not to see Tyler. Yeah, that's they're very fortunate not to see him. But uh, uh, who knows what Tyler is doing? Maybe he's uh, in, in introducing himself to women he just can't get. But anyways, uh, I want to get into the Super Bowl, and you know, going into this game, a lot of people were hoping that the Bengals were going to pull it off. And and really throughout the game, really going into the third quarter, uh, that touchdown, that 75-yard touchdown, Jalen Ramsey's first, what, longest touchdown he's ever given up in his whole career, which obviously we know was a face, a face mask mm-hmm. penalty that was not seen by the referees. Going into that third quarter, you would expect the Bengals to really take charge of the game. Joe Burrow and the Bengals all season long have been a second-half type of team. But to me, watching the game and understanding how the game was moving, the Odell Beckham train really started. I did not think Odell Beckham was going to play a big part of this game. And yes, Trey Larkin, you did like to – throughout – the last couple of weeks, you've been talking about how good Odell Beckham was going to be in this game, how important he was going to be with the Rams, and how important he was going to go and be the the player that everybody thought he was going to be uh, with the Giants and obviously the Browns uh, being a, a very special addition at the wide receiver position. But really, I did not expect Odell Beckham to have the game that he did early in the game. He had the first touchdown of the game. He, he was looking like he was going to be the MVP of the game. He really was. The first half was Odell Beckham's half until the second quarter where uh, he made, uh, I, I guess he made a stop. He stopped for a second and his knee went. Mm-hmm. And it was his bad knee. Uh, obviously the torn ACL knee uh, that he tore a couple of years ago. But to me, you know, it's sad because you you, you watch Odell Beckham he, all really his whole career. He's been trying to really get away from the whole Giants thing, the complete complete embarrassment, you know, picking up his leg and making it seem like he was pissing all over the, uh, you know, the touchdown area and, and talking to the Nets over there uh, with <laughs> the New York Giants <laughs> and getting hit by it. I mean, for his whole career, he not only has been a star with that unbelievable famous catch that he made against the Cowboys that really turned him to, into a superstar, but really his back-and-forth banter on and off the field with the New York Giants. Everybody, you know, was hoping to see Odell Beckham turn into the player that he once was uh, and trying to compare him to Jerry Rice. And going into this game, I just didn't know if the game was too big for Odell Beckham. And boy, oh boy, I will say that I was wrong. I was wrong about Odell Beckham going into this game. I, I, I was really impressed how he showed up to this game and played as hard as he did. And, and to lose Odell Beckham as early as the Rams did, I really thought... At one point, that the Rams were done. Because if you're going to depend on Cooper Cup throughout the game, and by the way, we're going to get into Cooper Cup and how fantastic he was in the game. When they needed to use him and how important he was in the fourth quarter, they absolutely did what they needed to do to win the game. And he did absolutely what he needed to do to help his team win the game. But what we saw Odell Beckham do do in, in, in the first quarter and a half was fantastic. And what Matthew Stafford taking the pressure off off him early in the game really put him in position to be successful throughout the game. Now, Matthew Stafford had two interceptions in the game. We all know. One of them that was not his fault. It was not. But throwing three touchdowns in the Super Bowl, 283 yards, 26 for 40, those aren't bad numbers. Are they great numbers? No. But Matthew Stafford did what he needed to do Early in the game to keep his team where they needed to be. Close, because I knew 
If the Bengals were anywhere in to close to distance going into the second half, the Bengals were just a better team. And going into the second half, they had a three-point lead, the Rams. But that quick touchdown, everybody thought, oh, here we go. Joe Burrows, he's gonna Joe Burrow's gonna do what he does, dominate a game. And 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 really, you have to give a lot of credit to Aaron Donald, who to me. I know Cooper Cup was the MVP. I know what he did in the fourth quarter. Aaron Donald dominated the second half of the game. Now, obviously, he had, what, one and a half, two sacks in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a good game, and it doesn't really show on the you know uh, where he was and, and what he did in the game because two sacks is great, but you're dominant. You, know, you, you see three or four sacks, and he probably would have been the MVP if that happened. But Aaron Donald put so much pressure on Joe Burrow, and, and, and Joe Burrow almost got hurt. And the reason why he almost got hurt was because of Aaron Donald. Now, three tackles and 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 and, and really looking at what he did, he had two sacks in the game. You, you would think that it wasn't a good game for Aaron Donald, but he put so much pressure on the uh, the offensive tackles. He went to the left side, to the right tackle, right side, to the guard position, throwing the center off target on defending uh, his his quarterback. He played fantastic football, and when you needed Von Miller to show up in the third quarter, he showed up. When you needed Von Miller to show up in the fourth quarter to put more pressure, he showed up. So uh, you look at the big players in this game, and Jalen Ramsey, he made he he had uh, he gave up his longest touchdown in his career, which wasn't his fault. But after that, he made some fantastic plays to keep the other team, the Bengals, from scoring touchdowns. They put him all over the place. They put him on Boyd. They put him on um, Chase. Chase. They put him on Higgins. He was all over the place. He played fantastic, fantastic football, Speedy. Yeah, I think when it comes to Ramsey, he made a good adjustment kind of after that third quarter where he really just got bombed. Even some big plays with Higgins, too, in that third quarter he struggled with. I think he allowed Yes, the 75-yard touchdown shouldn't have counted. Should have been a face mask. But beyond that, I think he still allowed 90 yards of the game, which is uncharacteristic for him, for his caliber. But he clutched up when he needed to in the fourth quarter. He was barely thrown his way. A lot of those passes, the Bengals were using a lot more of the tight ends and using a lot more of the running backs in the fourth quarter to try to get their offense going, which did, which did work for a while. But they had two drives at the end of the game that were three and outs. And a lot of that was because of Ramsey being able to take away the use of those receivers. And Aaron Donald really was all over the place, not only in the formation where he played and he played a lot of the DT spots. He played nose tackle. Not only that, but he also did so many different roles when it came to being a screen defender, when it came to being a guy that could contain Burrow out of the pocket. Burrow was running very well against the Chiefs, and the Rams were able to take that away. And it also allowed Leonard Floyd and Von Miller to get you to be used as screen pass uh, defenders, to, get, to be able to contain Burrow as well. And that rest of that interior, Aishon Robinson in a sack, Greg, Greg Gaines was stuffing the run very well, and they all flourished off of that kind of thing. And I give them a lot of credit for that. In terms of the offense, Matthew Stafford did very well battling amidst all the fact that they had zero running game. They combined for rushing yards, 30, uh, 45 rushing yards in this game. Stafford had six of them, too. So he really had to battle when they, they knew they were throwing the whole time. The Bengals' defensive line was getting some good pressure at certain points. And even though, yeah, two interceptions, one wasn't his fault. The fifth receiver that was coming in for Odell dropped the ball and it ended up in the hands of Logan Wilson. And still orchestrated a nice drive even when they were shutting down Cup at certain points in the second and third quarter, too. So he, I think it was really good battle-tested game for him as well. And the comebacks that we've seen all postseason long, 
He really shows that he was very undervalued in Detroit. That was always one of his big strengths, and he shows it again. I will say this about Cooper Cup. Now, Cooper Cup had a fantastic fourth quarter, and he, he looked like he was invisible all the way into the fourth quarter. I think he had like 40-something yards right. caught through going into the fourth quarter. He absolutely showed up in the fourth quarter. And when Matthew Stafford needed him to make plays because Odell Beckham got hurt in the first half, and yes, Trey, I, if you listen to the starting of the, the whole monologue, I talk about what you said and how you thought Odell Beckham. And if Odell Beckham did play in this game, who knows? Maybe he was the MVP of the game with two catches uh, for 52 yards and a touchdown. But what Cooper Cup did really in the last eight minutes of the game was take away the ball away from, uh, obviously, Joe Burrow's hands. Because Joe Burrow, when he touched the ball, you, you would get scared. If if you're a Rams fan, or even if you were a Bengals fan, you would expect that Joe Burrow was going to find a way to get that touchdown or get them into field goal range with eight minutes left where they could have had a chance to win this game. But it was really, again, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, all the guys that they really initiated uh, either trades for or players that they, you know, they depended on all these last couple of years. It was it was fantastic to watch. It really was. Uh, Snug, uh, just reading some of the comments. Snug says the Duke of De- hashtag the Duke of Delhi meat. Speedy is straight cash, homie. He has ha 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 fifty five thousand dollars is not enough for the beef to buy a woman. Does well, Tyler- speaking of the beef, he's going to be coming on in just one second. <laughs> uh, Snug says does Tyler work in the Times Square booths? Uh, John says Tyler had to work overtime to get you your money for that bet. <laughs> Snug says your Rams will struggle to make the playoffs next year. Jalen Ramsey has lost his step. It goes quick when you're a cornerback. Uh, John says if they don't fix that old line, Burroughs become the next Andrew Luck. Yeah, I've heard that Probably a lot. Probably true. I've yeah. heard that a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And then Trey says Odo Beckham. And now we have the Beef. Beef, what's going on? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. How was the uh, Ranger game yesterday? Oh, very exciting. I'm very sure it was. I'm sure it was. As the Rangers knock off Boston in a shootout. But um, obviously you're calling up about the Super Bowl, the money that you've of won, course. of course. Uh, what did well, you think of the Super Bowl, and what were your thoughts going into the fourth quarter? Well, I mean, what I thought is once Beckham went down, that was Cincinnati's best chance to win the game because Beckham was playing unbelievable. And it looked like he, he looked like his, his old self when he used to play for the Giants. And if Beckham stayed healthy in that game, it would have been a blowout. Cincinnati would have had no shot at winning that game whatsoever. Um, I, I, I probably disagree with that because I think Cincinnati's defense – I think they would have figured things out in the second half because if you yeah, look at the second half, if you look at the second half, the Bengals' defense gave up how many points? Seven points? Yeah, but Beckham Ten. wasn't there. That's my point. I'm sorry? Beckham didn't play in the second I half. I understand that, point. Odell Beckham. But how do you know they're not double-teaming Odell Beckham? How do you know With, that they don't bring so a safety up? Him and, and, then, and, then you, and then you leave Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup wasn't double-teamed the whole game. He was open the whole game, really, until the fourth quarter. He was only double-teamed, really, in the second. Well, yeah. He was barely double-teamed. He was open a lot of the game. I was surprised that Matthew Stafford didn't use him as much as he did uh, well, you know, throughout the season. Stafford, I know, he, I know you said he didn't have bad numbers, but he didn't have a good game, Stafford. He didn't have a quarter. bad game. I mean, 283 yards, two touchdowns, the, and yeah. he gave up, he, I mean, three touchdowns. He only gave up two interceptions. One of the interceptions was absolutely not his fault. And again, that was the fourth receiver that came in no, the game once Odell got hurt. He just didn't look like he like he like he. He played better. You're going to tell me he didn't play better than Joe Burrow because he did. No, no, he did. He, he did. played like, better he than just, Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow. And he, Joe Burrow, everybody was talking about, was the better quarterback going to this game. He wasn't the better quarterback. I really believe Matthew Stafford played better than Joe Burrow. 
Not by much, though. Well, nobody said it was by much, but again, you, you still have to be able to finish drives, and the Rams were able to do that. The Bengals still were settling for field goals a lot. And outside of the I mean, big, you, big you, you play, you're looking you, you at like low 200 you're yards. You're a quarterback who's been in the league a lot longer also. Well, first of all, let, let's year. not talk about how long he's been into the league because uh, he has been on a t- he was on a horrible team for many, many years, that. the Lions. And he did play with Calvin Johnson, and, and everybody's going to say, well, he did play with an all-world all, all wide receiver. Yes, he did, but where did they go? Where have they ever gone and everybody was taking shots at Matthew Stafford that he wasn't a big game winning type of quarterback I was one of them I was wrong I was wrong. Matthew Stafford deserves all the credit for this championship game. He, when he needed to make the throw, well, when he needed to make the play. Oh, I don't think he deserves all the credit. I mean, look at the defense they had also. And yes, everybody's going to say in the fourth quarter, uh, with the last minute and a half left of the game, that penalty uh, on Cooper well, Cup wasn't yeah, a penalty. Yeah, I will say... I maybe so. No, 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 not the Cooper Cup one. The one before that. That was the Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was uh, he was the one. Cooper Cup was the one that was questionably held. Yes, it wasn't so obvious though that it was like too egregious. I could see why they wouldn't call it. It was kind of soft, but there was the touchdown holding holding is impeding his route. And the touchdown was ridiculous in in, going into the third quarter when when they got that touchdown a face mask. That was an absolute penalty, and you won money on that, buddy. (laughs) You won money on that play. I did win. There you go, Beef. All the times you blame the refs for the Cowboys, you won money on it because of the refs. Speedy needs to smack you around. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking what you're saying is kind of true now that these games are starting to be fixed. Uh, well, here's the thing. And I don't know if the ga- that game was fixed. Everybody knows what I thought about the Atlanta Falcons game with, with the mm-hmm. Patriots. I-, I thought that was pretty remarkable where there was a 99.8% chance of a team coming back and all the crazy things. And how about this year against the Rams in the fourth quarter? Who hikes the – the center hikes the ball almost 30 yards to the 50-yard line and gave Tom Brady and the Buccaneers a chance to win the game. I mean, a lot of crazy things have, have – has anybody seen Cooper Cup drop a ball when he, when he has it locked into his hands? Never. And then all of a sudden he drops the ball against Tampa. So, I, and Akers dropping the ball on the two-yard line before going into the half. That was crazy. a freak one, though. Yeah, there's well, a lot well, of freak well, ones. Well, well, I mean, look at the Super Bowl. The guy uh, dropped the, the, the extra point kick. Well, I, I, if anything, that benefited you. So what are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah, Dan, I'm not. I'm just saying that these, these refs are – Five thousand dollars later. It's, fu- it's funny. My, bro- my my brother actually predicted the score to be twenty four <laughs> to twenty. So he probably would have been right if the extra point did, got uh, oh, actually, kicked regularly. Actually, I want another. I want another twelve fifty. I forgot about it. Oh, you want another one? Oh, I'm sorry. He he, he won oh seven thousand dollars. Oh, he's complaining about how bad the football game was. Could you imagine when he's seven thousand dollars and somebody bitching and moaning like him? Come no, on, I'm seriously. Not complaining. I'm complaining oh, about how bad. I'm complaining about how bad the refs are. That's what well, listen, what are you? It's not what the you, first game the bad the refs have been bad, and it was like equally bad. It wasn't like it, it didn't seem like it was well, fixed no, for the Rams this, this like my, we've this, seen in the past. Sometimes this is my problem with the, with the game. There was what two penalties called, and I think in the first half, and all of a sudden in the fourth quarter with a minute thirty eight seconds left, you had like six flags in a row. It was ridiculous. No, it wasn't six flags. It was two flags. And they oh, were whatever. one of them wasn't a flag. But again, maybe they were making up on the flag that they should have called when Higgins ran it all the way 75 oh, yards for a well, touchdown. They, there you go. There, that's my point. Right. There were two egregious ones. There was that T. Higgins one that should have been called for a face mask and negate the touchdown. And on the play that the Bengals 
linebacker Wilson got the penalty, there should have been a false start called. So those two are the big ones that were canceled out. But beyond that, I don't think there was anything that you could say designatedly fixed the game for the Rams completely. It's like they let everything go until the last two minutes, and then also they started, they got they got flag happy. It's it's ridiculous. And there and there is referee bias in certain instances throughout the stop throughout throughout like certain teams over no the years. Not this game. this game. Not this Give game. Give me though. a break. Not this game. But the, this is ridiculous. Beef is right where there there are certain teams that get more favorable calls. This game, numbers, if, but not if, this if game. you if you if you want to say there are games that are fixed, this game was not fixed. No. Okay, there was no way this game was fixed. This game was close. It was fun to watch. You saw a young kid like Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow was going to be there for many many. years. Years. This oh, is yeah. not the last time you're going to see Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. No. This team, they build an offensive line for him, protect him, and give him an opportunity to succeed. If they do that, yeah, well, that was another problem. He had no line, so he had no. But, but they knew that coming. Really... Yeah, the the Bengals weren't supposed to be a playoff team because of their line. Uh, stop saying this with the no line. Aaron Donald is a beast. Okay, it doesn't matter yeah. if they had an offensive line or not. The guy is going to run through them anyways. The guy was pushing the offensive lineman with one hand. He pushed two guys with one hand to get to the quarterback. I mean, the guy's a beast of a man. When he's done, he's probably going to go down as, if not the best defensive lineman, lineman. you're going to compare him to Reggie White, and you're going to compare him to some of the greatest defensive linemen to ever play the game. He should have got. I know Cooper Cup did, a, you know, unbelievable in the fourth quarter, but Donald was the reason why they He's won a, that game. The, first of all, I, I and I said this, and I'll say it again. When my friend was texting me after the game, he says, "When we were trying to comp- see who was the MVP," and I said, "Aaron Donald was absolutely the MVP." It could have went either way. Cooper yeah. Cup played very well at the end of the game. He needed to make the catch. He made the catch. He made the play that won the game. And they usually give it to an offensive player. Like we said, there's only been two defensive players in the last, what, 15 years or 14 years to win an MVP. It's not likely they're going to give it right. to a defensive player. Look at this. We talk about this all the time. When the Giants were good, Justin Tuck had two and a half sacks. I thought he should have won it. And the, and the he hit never to won. force the safety, too. I mean, O.C. Humanior in 2007 was dominant, mm-hmm. and, and also Michael Strahan. Did did any of them win? No, they gave it to Eli Manning. Right, and I okay? think the difference is, too, uh, Beave, is Cooper Cup was probably the only consistent offensive player outside of Odell when he was in the game because they had no running game. Stafford was, like Errol was saying, good but not great, and Cooper Cup was great throughout the whole game, too, whereas the whole defense, that whole defensive line was great, too, amidst Aaron Donald, yes. So it ups the team value, but still, maybe that was a, a factoring for that. Uh, before we go to break, I'll just read the last three comments. Doug says, the Beeve thinks the refs fix every game, so what do you expect? <laughs> ben says, the Packers beat both teams in the regular season, so by default, the Packers are Super Bowl champions. Well, you should have beaten the, the team that the Rams beat, and maybe you would do that. And then Suggs says, I hate to say it, but I agree with Errol. Aaron Donald's a special generational talent. He might already be top three all time. He's top two of all time. Yeah, he could be. He's top two. Well, there was rumors that he might walk away. He's not walking now. How is he going to walk away? Seven all pros in a row. He wants to break the record. If he he gets nine all pros in a row, there's no player in history that's ever done that. Yeah, people were spreading rumors about Nadei, too. He's the youngest coach in the NFL. It's not going to happen. 36 years old. 36 years old. It's not going to happen. And by the way, Sean McVay, uh, I'll take back it. He, he's not losing his job. He seems like he'll be there for a little bit longer than we thought because he won a Super Bowl. But I'm not a Sean McVay fan, by the way. We know. Yeah, but, they're, <laughs> but, but they're still they're, they're still going to have a lot of problems down the line. Well, Nobody knows they have no the nine, They have no draft picks. And, uh, and by the way, before we go to our guests, I want to say this. The GM can sit there. He can wear the shirt saying, I trade. What did it, what did it say? What it said, F-bomb them picks. F-bomb those picks. <laughs> 
I'm going to tell you this right now. He won't be saying that three years from now when he has no picks. He's got a disgruntled Jalen Ramsey wants out. Aaron Donald's going to say, what the hell's going on with this team? Odell Beckham's going to be flying somewhere else. And Von Miller's going to say, sayonara, I'm going to the Hall of Fame. He is going to be really wondering where this team is and what this team's going to have in the future. So say whatever you want, GM, whatever his name is. Westneed. Westneed. Do whatever the hell you want to say and say whatever you want to say or do whatever the hell you want to do at that, that, that parade. Great. Great. You won a Super Bowl. You did exactly what you wanted to do, but you just traded away your future. So good luck. He did. He did. But, again, it, it, was, it was an interesting game. It was, a very, it was entertaining. It was a lot of action. Absolutely. So. Beef, thank you for calling, bud. You Keep got listening. It, I'll talk to you later. Yep, you got it. Later. The Beave from Bayshore. Wonderful, uh, as always. Uh, at least he didn't say anything crazy like, uh, you know, saying that some defensive tackle is better than Aaron Donald. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, he already thinks that Ezekiel Elliott's better than Barry Sanders. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, we yeah. should ask Mike Neville, that. Neville Gallimore, young, young defensive tackle for the Cowboys. He's coming for Aaron Donald. You oh better watch God, out. Please. Oh, my God. Him and his Cowboys. I'm lost. Anyways, when we come back, we'll be talking to former Jaguars and Bills kicker and president of ProForm Kicking Academy, Mike Hollis, here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Bringing it back for Mr. Mike Hollis. Yes, a little rock steady. <laughs> As you guys know, we are the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is our number to call. Go check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, football is over well, for a little bit. Uh, we will be talking about uh, trades and trade deadline. Well, not trade deadline. I'm sorry. A free agent market, which is opening up in the next couple of weeks. And then we'll be talking about the combine. I mean, it never ends. Football never ends. It's all year round. So the NFL loves it. Roger Goodell loves it because it puts money in his pocket and everybody else. So uh, why not? And we have a very special guest. We have a star uh, stars of guests coming on this show tonight. We are now talking to former Jaguars, Bills kicker, and president of ProForm Kicking Academy, Mike Hollis. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, fellas? You are, uh, you're quite comical. I've, I've enjoyed the last uh, 10 minutes of listening to you guys. Wow. <laughs> well, we are. Uh, you know, there is a reason why they call us the Sports Loud Mouths, because we are very loud. And our guests are very loud as well. I mean, if it's not our fans, it's our guests. And, and we like to have fun with our guests because we want, we want them to know that this is not like a regular radio interview. We, we like to have fun, and we like to enjoy and, and, and get you feeling like this isn't one of those interviews like, uh, I've heard this question before. How many times do I have to answer this same boring question? And then you're ready to get off. And I remember before we, get, we, we talk, we had, um, a, 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 what do we have? Uh, Brandon Lloyd. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Lloyd on our show, what was it, two weeks ago. Yeah. And Brandon Lloyd, before we got him on the show, he says, 15, 20 minutes the longest. He winded up staying on for almost 50 minutes. Ovi Mohaley did the same thing. He, 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 he loved hanging out with us and having a conversation with us. And it was just, it, it really shows what we do and, and, and driving people to actually want to stay on with us and have a good conversation. 
But before we get into your career and what you thought about the Super Bowl and everything else we're going to get into, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your Pro Form Kicking Academy and how did this get started? Well, you know, I, uh, you know, I played for nine years in the NFL and, and as, a, as a very small athlete on that NFL team, on the NFL field, I was 5'7", five, 5'8", five, on a really good day if you stretch me out real good. 180 pounds and, you know, maybe a little bit above average athlete. And ultimately, it was the technique that really did it for me. I, I wasn't a great athlete. Um, I, you know, I, I played against guys that were just monsters, that were just incredible athletes that could just kick the ball a mile without even trying. I was not one of those guys. I had to put a lot of effort into my technique and, and uh, you know, my, my athleticism, whatever I had, you know, but... My point was that I'm very, very passionate about what I did, and, and, and I wasn't supposed to play in the NFL at my size. I didn't fit that, that, that stature of, of the NFL athlete. So um, I'm really focused on wanting to help kids out and, and, and you know, prove to them that they can actually do a lot better than they even think they can, because that was me. Um, I, I never really had a goal of playing in the NFL. You know, my goal was to be as good as I could be and, uh, you know, take every day at a time and, and just kind of learn and, and challenge myself and, and get as good as I can be. And whatever level I get to when I'm doing that, then great, I've succeeded, you know. But, you know, the NFL happened to be the, the level that I got to. And obviously that was, you know, icing on the cake, really. So um, I just want to, you know, just tell these kids that and, and, and show them. And, you know, I'm, shit, I'll be 50 in, in May. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I'm still kicking. I kills out kicking today. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to still do it. And I think these kids, um, they, they don't know their potential. And that's really where I'm trying to, to drive the, the point with my academy is I'm, I'm really excited to share uh, what can get them to whatever level they can, you know, uh, achieve with this, with this technique. So I'm just real passionate about it. I love doing it. Well, you, you know, it's funny you say that because we have a guy that's not here. But he, he drinks a lot and he eats too much. Maybe we get him out to your academy so you can teach him and maybe he loses a little bit of pounds. Or maybe if he doesn't, you know, we bend him over and you kick him in the ass because that's what he needs. But, maybe he'll uh, pull off a Charlie Brown. <laughs> that's true, too. Do that. <laughs> well, he's not here. That's why it's so fun to pick on him. But we pick on him when he's here anyway, so it's great. Uh, so why don't we get into your NFL career? What was it like to play in the NFL for nine years? You, you were saying you were five seven five eight and a hundred and nothing. But the fact is, being in the NFL for nine years isn't uh, in is it's something to brag about, and it isn't something to be shameful about. What was it like playing in the NFL all those years? Well, you know, as a, as a kicker, you're the, you're the only one on the field that's kicking the football. Obviously, you got a punter that does it as well. Sometimes you have a, like a kickoff specialist, or you know, if it's a punter doing kicking off as well, but. Regardless, you're on the field, you're, you're the kicker, you know, the, the team is relying on you, um, you know, the pressure's there just because of the level of play you're at, uh, the expectation level is off the charts, not only from your, your coaches, but, you know, kind of your teammates. I mean, they kind of understand because they're on the field too, they make mistakes. Um, coaches, they don't understand mistakes, they, they, they don't think they're, they're possible, like how in the world can you miss that kick, that's all you do, you know, so... <laughs> I get that, you know, I've got that at times. I won't say I got a lot, but I, I've got that at times where I've missed a, an important kick. Um, but fortunately, I didn't miss many. I didn't miss many. Uh, I, I can only really think of one kick that I missed uh, that cost us the game. Um, I've, I've made plenty of, of game winner, you know, winning kicks in my career. But, you know, it's, it, it is very stressful mentally and physically um, being a kicker. But you know, as I tell everyone, someone's got to do it. You know, um, I just I just fell in love with kicking and uh, I challenged myself, really. And so that's kind of the thing is, 
you know, uh, each, each game I approach it the same, you know, I'm going to do the best that I can, uh, personally. Um, if I do great and the team wins, that's awesome. Again, another icing on the cake. If I do great and we still lose, I'm, yeah, I'm upset that we lost. Um, you know, if I was hundred percent of my kicks and, you know, good kickoffs and all that, if I'm satisfied with the game, then, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, yeah, we lost. It sucks, but I personally did okay, and I'm going to carry that into the next week. So, um, answer your question, you know, straight up, man. It's it's stressful as as you know to be a kicker, um, but I enjoyed it. I love the pressure. Um, I was kind of a wreck on game day. I'm not going to lie. I was a little <laughs> nervous, but uh, overall, you know, I just love the pressure, and I love uh, I love playing well, and I love winning games. So we're based out of Long Island and based out of New York. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Giants fans listening, including myself, who got to watch Tom Coughlin coach. You got to play for Tom Coughlin in Jacksonville. So what was it like being coached by Tom Coughlin? As, and was he really as much of a hard ass in Jacksonville as a lot of people perceive? Because it's, it's always perceived that he got kind of softer, more lenient as he got towards the Giants career. Oh, I've, I've got some great answers for you. Yes, uh, he, he was very disciplined. And, you know, at the younger ages, you know, when guys are young and, you know, they – we just like what's going on this guy is just like a dictator and you know what's up with all these rules and you know there was some some in my opinion silly rules um you know finable rules which is kind of crazy if you think about it you know now, now that you're not playing football if you get fined a thousand dollars that's a lot of money but back then ah, fat, whatever <laughs> just take out my check no big deal goes to charity anyways right mm. um supposedly um, anyways, <laughs> maybe his charity. Cause we did a lot of stuff for his charity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's everybody, you know, no, but, um, you know, the rules were tough. You know, he was very disciplined. Um, but, but you looking back, man, you're like, man, that's, he did some good stuff. You know, he was like that Vince Lombardi, you know, the, the players loved him, but they hated him kind of thing. It's a love hate relationship kind of thing. But you know, he, he's influenced my life as I am today. Um, just being on time, um, being very disciplined, um, being accountable. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that run through my head on a daily basis, I think, that I can think of that, you know, that, that I do in my daily life that, you know, that, that brings me back to the times I played. And I guess you guys don't realize this, but I was on I was on the Giants roster. Yes, 2003. I had a five-year yeah. deal with the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. That was back when Jim Fossil was coaching. So Jim's that was Jim Fossil's last year. So backtracking playing for Coughlin. Yeah, it was kind of tough and all that. I go to Buffalo, play a year there. Then I move on to play with the, with the giants. Um, I was injured in preseason that first year, got, um, on injured reserve, had a surgery. I've had, you know, four back surgeries. Um, so I was on injured reserve that whole year. And at the end of the season, when, you know, they, they fired fossil and, uh, you know, we're talking about hiring Coughlin. I'm like, well, there goes my five-year deal. I, I would have just used one of it. I know I'm out of here because Tom didn't resign me in Jacksonville. So I, I knew that my time was limited there. Pretty sure that I was going to get fired as soon as he was hired. And uh, that's <laughs> what happened, really. But I was in the training room doing some rehab. And uh, I can't remember who it was. It was a younger player sitting next to me. And Tom Coughlin was doing his uh, his press conference as, as, a, as the newly announced head coach of the uh, New York Giants. And we're watching it in the training room. The guy's kind of nodding his head. He's like, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like this guy. And then... You kind of, you know, turned over, looked at me and said, hey, you, you played for him in, in Jacksonville, right? How, how, you know, how was that? And I'm like, I said, you see the TV we're watching right now? We're sitting here in the training room watching this TV right now. I said, when he gets hired, I'll give it maybe two weeks. These TVs all in here in the locker room, all in, they're all gone. They're going to be gone. Those TVs are gone. Just, 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 I promise you. And I was right. Within two weeks, the TVs were gone. 
And I said, okay, well, just, you know, just, uh, you know, you like him, you love him, um, but you're probably going to hate him for a little while at least. But, um, you know, and then, you know, Michael Strahan had some some words and Tiki, I think, mm. with, with Tom. I wasn't around, obviously, because I was released and fired. But um, <laughs> fired. I, the rumor is, of course, that they kind of, you know, sat him down and said, listen, you got to gotta chill out on some of this stuff. So whether it worked or not, I don't know. And I, I think Tom in his older age has kind of, you know, learned a little bit about players and how to treat them uh, differently. But he still was very disciplined. I'm pretty sure in New York, the Giants, he was very disciplined. As you guys know, we are talking to former Jaguars at Bills kicker and president of Pro Form Kicking Academy, Mike Hollis. He also was part of the Chargers organization. He was also, again, as you heard, he was part of the Giants organization for a little bit as well. So Good thing you got out of the kicking curse of the Chargers. <laughs> ever since Nate Kading tore his ACL. He hates the had, ever since Nate yeah. Kading tore his ACL, they haven't had a good kicker. That was my first experience in the NFL. I was a, that was just a rookie training camp. Um, I, I, I competed against John Carney and, and damn near beat him out mm-hmm. um, as a rookie, right? But, um, no, I, I learned a lot from John, and I learned a lot from the organization. Um, Junior Sale was mm-hmm. a guy on the team. I looked up to him as a leader and just kind of <laughs> in awe of that, you know. And Stan Humphreys was our quarterback. You know, that's Darren Bennett was, just, was a, the Australian punter, you know. <laughs> um, but it was good times. You know, the, the time I was there was awesome. Well, it's so funny you said that because Jarvis Green, uh, we had him on last week, and he was talking about uh, Junior Seau and how great of a guy he was and, and really his career, not only with the San Diego Chargers, but even with the Patriots, how special he was and how good of a person he was and how he was a person to look up to. And may he rest in peace, by the way, because uh, you talk about fossils. He's, he passed away, too. Uh, may he rest in peace yeah. as well. Uh, Junior Seau, we were talking about CTE and, and how how important he was, not only for the, for the San Diego Chargers organization, but all of the NFL because of who he was and what he stood for. And, and it's a shame that uh, his family and, and the story uh, of Junior Seau, you, you think of just, you try to just think of the great things that he was on the field and, and just uh, the short of life that he had because of the CTE. And that's what I want to get into. Uh, when you heard about... CTE and it, and it was it's such a such a big story for the last I would say last seven eight years we we've seen uh, Patrick Willis retire early, Debrickershaw uh, Ferguson uh, retire early, Calvin Johnson retire early. Curtis Martin talks about I, I know Curtis uh, you know I've been to so many events with Curtis and he talks about in Oakland he remembers the time that he he was playing with a concussion his nose was bleeding and it, and and Bill Parcells told him to get his ass out on the out on the field and play you know. And, and, and it's crazy with Vinny Testaverde. So what is your thoughts with CTE? You were a player, and you, you played against some of these players that came down with CTE and, and lost their lives. What were your thoughts when you heard the story and Roger Goodell trying to just completely, you know, wave it and throw it under the rug and, and make it just disappear? What were your thoughts with the NFL and how they handled this? It's twofold because um, you've got the players that, uh, the typical type, well, I won't say, well, yeah, typical type of players. They're, they're the guys that, that, that want to get out there and play regardless, right? I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot of guys on a lot of teams that play in the NFL that just are, just want to get out there and, and smash heads. You know, they want to make plays. They want to you know, earn their, 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 their incentives. You know, there's all kinds of reasons why they want to get out there and play. Well, when you get injured, um, it, it, it flips. The coaches want you out on the field because you're an investment for the team, no matter what, you know. The trainer in the middle is in the, literally in the middle between the head coach and the player. He's the one saying, well, you know, he's, he's got this going on. He's complaining about this pain or whatever. I don't think it's as bad as he says. Coach says, well, yeah, I agree with you. You know, get him on the field. Who cares? You know, 
Um, obviously, it's changed since then. Um, a, lot of, a lot of rules have changed in you know training camps, taking away a lot of the the hitting and the time spent on the field for for obvious reasons and and so forth. But I, I think that there's a lot of things now that you fast forward. Now that we've discovered CTE is an issue, and probably discovered obviously it comes from bashing heads and not taking care of the players if they do happen to have a concussion, and and it's a lot more serious than they originally thought. And and I think you know it was com- you know the NFL is is kind of the the CYA kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. they're just like kind of trying to cover their ass a little bit. Um, you know they don't want to necessarily pay out a lot of money clearly, um, but. We have a union, so that's when the union steps in. And says, "Listen, you know, it's, we got some serious stuff on our hands right here, and we got to take care of, of some of the guys." And, and uh, that's why that, that huge uh, concussion lawsuit is out right now. The, that that CTE lawsuit. Um, but with regards to just the just the difference between those players, I mean, they, they, you know, guys want to get out there and play, and sometimes it's on them. You know, hey, you know, we didn't know that back then, and clearly now we do. But on the other hand, it's the coaches. Hey, get him on the field. Who cares? He, he, he saw stars. No big deal. Get him out there. Mm. Um, so it, it's it's twofold, and it's and it's really sad. But now that we've kind of recognized and, and understand it a lot better, uh, hopefully there'll be a lot more changes, and, and um, hopefully they'll take care of the players that have been affected by it. So I wanted to ask about your teammate. Uh, congratulations to him that just got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and Tony Baselli, who you played with in Jacksonville. So what was he like as a teammate on and off the field? Tebow, Tebow, Bozelli, we call him. Um, he was uh, his locker room was right next to mine, so I saw him every single day, right next to me. Um, he's a sloppy guy; he's got clothes everywhere, stinks, you know. Yeah, I'm kidding, but kind of. No, he, he's a good guy. He's uh, he's gotten really busy in his post NFL career. Um, sometimes he's too busy for the rest of us, but you know, Tony's Tony. Um, and hey, he's in the Hall of Fame, so how do you how you gonna argue that? So. Um, I'm glad he's finally there, I guess. You know, it's taken him a while. Um, uh, the poor guy, what has it been, seven or eight years or something, he's been on that list and never gotten that, that, that call or the knock on the door. Um, but, uh, you know, his, uh, his family's very happy, excited. The whole organization of Jacksonville here, you know, it's our first uh, Hall of Famer um, as a Jack, uh, Jaguar franchise. So um, it's very, very excited for the city. Um, we're, all, we're all behind him and support. Um, but you know, Tony, Tony's, uh, he's busy, he's doing his own thing and you know, it's, it's, uh, it, I, I'm glad I'm happy for him. And a lot of teammates, uh, have been real happy for him as well. Um, you know, he only did play seven years, but that was kind of the only holdback I think is what they were talking about. But I'm telling you, that guy was a stud, man. He was incredibly talented. Um, if, if he hadn't had, hadn't had that bad shoulder, I think would have played another, you know, 10 years or more. Um, and definitely would have been a hall of fame a lot, a lot, a lot earlier than, than now, but. Um, well-deserved, and I'm happy for him. As you guys know, we are talking to former Jaguars and Bills kicker and president of Proform Kicking Academy, Mike Hollis. You know, I we've had a lot of kickers on this show, okay? Professional kickers, semi-pro kickers, and I ask him some silly questions, and, 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 and a lot of them, they, they pretty much throw themselves under the bus. Now, we have talked, we, we, the, the wrong word, we have spoken to a lot of unique kickers. Now, a lot of these unique kickers tell us that they're, you, they're, they're very good dancers, okay? And they have to learn how to keep their balance. And uh, their wives took them to ballroom dancing. And then they took them out to merengue and pachata and stuff. There. Now, Mike, I want to know, are you a good dancer? Do you have uh, twinkle toes? Are you a ballet dancer? Is that how you, you become know, a good kicker? It, it takes me about seven to eight drinks before I think I'm a good dancer. <laughs> and, uh, then, then maybe. Um, 
I could get down a little bit, I think, but um, I, I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't really weird about the whole balance thing and kicking. And my philosophy is a little different. I got a lot more forward momentum, so I don't need a lot of a balance because a lot of guys do stop to kick the ball and they have to be kind of balanced on the plant foot, I guess. Um, but my 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 thought is, you know, I'm I'm, I'm moving forward when I kick the ball, you know, for the most part. So you know, being balanced isn't isn't something that was something that was really important for me, but. Um, being coordinated, you know, it's a different story. So yeah, so that goes back to that whole uh, analogy of the dance. You know, the dancers are typically pretty coordinated. I wouldn't classify, my, classify myself as extremely coordinated, but uh, I guess I got enough uh, coordination to be a kicker in the NFL, and that was, that's all that I care about. Who's the best dancer? Who was the best dancer on the Jaguars? Did, did was there anybody that broke it down in the locker room? Was there any crazy music that you listened to when when you won or lost? Well, who was the dancer? You know, no, not really. I mean, we had guys that were, you know, dancing wasn't allowed in the locker room. We were playing with Tom Coughlin, so I'm kidding. You know, um, you know I don't know. There's, you know, the brothers, they, they, they get in their groups and they dance away. And, you know, they're all good dancers. I, I, I don't have that gene, but did I participate? No, I didn't participate. But, <laughs> but no, we had some good times in the locker room and, and um, you know, a lot of victories, a lot of victories. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask about the, uh, the special teams and the Hall of Fame, too, because we're, we're starting to see a little more of them getting a little more with Devin Hester now being on the ballot this year for the first time. I thought he should have gotten in on the first ballot. And now finally seeing Ray Guy uh, get in as a punter a couple years Reggie ago. Reggie Wayne so, should have been on in this year. It was a bunch of people. Yeah, I know. I, I, been I, in I'm right specific, I'm specifically, they're referring Surprised. to special teams, though. Do you, do you think they get disrespected a lot by the Hall of Fame committee? And if so, do you think that kind of thing could change with somebody like Adam Vinatieri, maybe down the road when he retires, Justin Tucker and guys like that? And then kick returners too like Devin Hester yeah well you know there's a lot of qualified people and that's I'm sure they talk about it every year they got a list a mile long of guys that probably you know have the credentials to to be in the Hall of Fame so it's very difficult for those guys for the committee to to choose players I I get that I understand um you know special teams you know clearly I'm I'm partial to special teams I have a passion for it 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 is a third of game I, I think that there's more yardage exchange to special teams than the offensive defense combined in any given game. Um, if you think, if you consider the kickoff and the punt and all kinds of yardage is exchanged in special teams plays, um, there's not a lot of people that, that really kind of fully understand that. So special teams is incredibly important. Now, the, the reason why a lot of special teams kind of look down on it in a sense a little bit is that, you know, oh, the only players that aren't good enough to be starters, they're the guys that are on special teams. So they're like our second string guys. Um, which is common. I get that. A lot of times, you know, if you're, you're on the bubble or if you're a guy that, that uh, may not be the starter, you're just fighting for a, a position on the football team. If you're good at special teams, you have a good shot of, of, of getting a, a spot on that roster. But um, there's a lot of talent in special teams, and there's a lot of guys like Devin Hester who put a lot of pride in his return abilities, and he was an extremely uh, potent weapon. I had to kick away from him many times. I tried to at least. And he would run. He'd know where I was kicking. I could see him, and I, as I'm kicking off, I'm like, "Oh, he's going that way. I can't. I'm, I'm committed now. I can't do anything about it." You know. But those guys are smart. They're they're fast. They're very very talented. So yeah, I, I would love to see some spe- more special team guys uh, in the Hall of Fame. But again, they're up to you know up with a lot of competition with uh, a lot of the, the other guys that are well deserving as well. We are talking to former Jaguars and Bills kicker and president of Pro Form Kicking Academy, Mike Hollis. Mike. Uh, Super Bowl, I, I mean, obviously, you, you had the opportunity to watch the Super Bowl. And McAfee, uh, right, is, is, is that's Pat how you, McAfee. McAfee, the kicker, who, who's been 
lights out throughout the playoffs. Yeah, Carlin. No, Evan, Evan, Evan McPherson. Oh, oh you, you know him personally? No, no. You're talking about Evan? Yes, yes. The, the yeah, kicker. Yeah, Bengals, yeah. The, the kicker. Pat McAfee. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. No, I, I'm, I, yeah, Evan McPherson. McPherson. Yes. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Shooter McPherson. McPherson, who, uh, they see McAfee, McPherson. I mean, like, McAfee, he was a crazy Both kicker. had great personalities. Yeah, say, yeah. McPherson. Uh, yeah, McPherson. What That's is a funny guy. <laughs> Uh, McPherson, what were your thoughts of McPherson, the way he kicked throughout the playoffs, and the Bengals and Rams? Were you were you happy with the game? Were you surprised that the game ended the way it did? Um, I was happy with the game. You know, in all honesty, I didn't really get to see a whole bit. I host a Super Bowl party every year, and it's the same thing every year. I have to wait to actually watch it again because I miss so much because I'm entertaining. But I did catch a lot of the key points and a lot of great plays, and um, I thought it was an awesome game. Um, I, I was partial to the Rams. Um, John Bonamago is the special teams coach for the Rams. He was assistant special teams coach here in Jacksonville. Great guy. Love him to death. Deserve that, uh, that ring. Um, you know, and I, I just, I, I felt the Stafford, you know, being <laughs> with the uh, Detroit Lions for 12 years, you know, and having to, to, to put up with that misery for 12 years. Um, <laughs> I'm a Jets fan, so I know all about it. I do love the Detroit Lions. That was my favorite team as a kid, too. Um, <laughs> so I just love the colors and the uniform. That was the only reason why. But um, anyways, uh, and also Jason Hansen, uh, my guy from Spokane, Washington, uh, that's where I'm from as well. Uh, Jason and I competed against uh, each other in high school uh, in, in soccer and football. And so we're very well aware of each other. We both know each other real well and happened to the Detroit Lions then. But anyways, going back to my point, Super Bowl was awesome. I think it, it ended well. Um, McPherson, his whole playoff string, this this whole playoff period, with, with the exception of the Super Bowl, he's he's had some incredible kicks. Um, he kicks the ball really well. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with his, not only his kicking ability, because, and I told my girlfriend too, you know, listen, I, I'm watching this guy kick in the playoffs, and I'm like, man, every ball he hits is high, <laughs> straight, clean rotation, mm-hmm. you know, and goes for a mile. And this guy is just – he's just an unstoppable. But not only that, his mentality is very good for his age. It's crazy to see, you know, someone so young do so well. So, um, I, you know, in that aspect, I, I you know, was hoping that maybe it would come down to a game-winning kick. Well, it didn't, but – um, you know, I, I think both teams were, were playing very, very well and, and, and deserving of, of victory. It's, it's, it's tough to play in the NFL. It's tough to uh, – and they're not fixed, by the way. I mean, come on. I don't, I don't think they're fixed. I mean, honestly, all, the whole times I've, I've played, all the years I've played, I've, I've never heard of anything like, you know, the referee who paid off or certain teams. Oh, come on. I mean, this, it, the teams want to win. Man. That's, that's what they're trying to do. Referees can blow a call here and there and, you know – there might be some makeup calls a little bit. I'm pretty, pretty sure they'll, they'll throw a flag. Ah, I kind of screwed up the last one. Maybe I should throw it one this one. <laughs> yeah, there might be some of that. But as far as money, you know, exchanging and fixed and all that, nah. It's not true. By the way, uh, I don't know if you watch basketball, but yes, the Knicks are blowing this one. I'm not surprised. Julius Randle, Mr. Ball Hog, who is the bricklayer of this world. So, yes, guys, you want to stick it to the Knicks? Keep sticking it to the damn Knicks. They stink. Go ahead, Speedy. I was, I was just going to ask. My last question actually is going to come from uh, one of our fans, Carl. He wants to know what was the toughest place to kick at of any stadium? Oh, boy. Um, you know, Buffalo was tough. Uh, Green Bay was tough. Uh, Giants jets were always tough that, that they always opened up that door. It was, it was kind of <laughs> legit. They opened up that tunnel on the, on the one end zone and, uh, it did affect the ball a little bit, but, 
Um, you know, any place that, that didn't have a roof on it was tough to play. You know, I mean, the, the wind is so unpredictable and, and cold weather conditions are even worse. Um, that's why I've named the three. Cleveland is a tough place to play. Um, it was a couple times that I played there. It's the coldest game I've ever, coldest game I've ever played in it. Zero, 2000 maybe. Uh, it was the first year that, that uh, Paul Brown Stadium was, was built, whatever stadium they're in. It was zero degrees in a blizzard. And the windshield was minus 23. And, and, and we lost that game. Yeah, that was a, was a miserable game uh, to play in. I didn't want to take my clothes off to go on the field to kick a field goal because I was, I was just the second I took my clothes off, you know, my, my, my parka and my pants and all that, man, it just was like ice cold. So, yeah. And everybody and everybody blames Aaron Rodgers for that game that it was snowing. It was negative five over there, and it's Aaron Rodgers' fault, even though he was twenty for twenty nine, two hundred twenty five yards, and nobody could catch the ball, including his second and third dairy wide receivers, who, by the way, are not even in the top one hundred wide receivers in the league. But it's it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. Everyone wanted to attack him on social media. He's terrible, guys. Meanwhile, he's probably the best quarterback in the NFL. So. There you go, Mike. Yeah. This is what we deal with. I was going to point the finger at somebody. <laughs> so, well, that's why he's, that's why he's uh, obviously, you know, he breaks up with his girlfriend. He's just a terrible guy. Everybody hates him, including the girls that he's with. I mean, I mean, listen, Aaron Rodgers, he might not be the nicest guy. He might not be this. He might not be that. But for anybody to sit here and tell me that Aaron Rodgers isn't the best quarterback in the NFL, well, then I, shame on you to believe that he's not because – uh, if you look at the teams he's been on in the last couple of years and the players he – yeah, Devontae Adams is great, unbelievable. Jones, I'm not a big fan of his, but he's a decent running back. Besides that, could you tell me – Jordy Nelson went to Oakland. Was he good? No. Uh, could, Randall Cobb left uh, Green Bay. Was he good? No. I, I mean, let's be honest. Hey, how about this? Jimmy Graham went over there, and everybody says, well, he's not a, he doesn't do the tight ends. <laughs> and he, he has seven touchdowns with the, the Green Bay Packers. Okay? I, I'm tired of listening to haters of this guy. I really I, – I understand you don't like him. I understand that your Chicago fans can't stand him. Uh, that's great. We have a Chicago fan up and on – up in arms right now making fun of him. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Right, Mike? I mean, seriously, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he, he, he started under Brett Favre, one of the greatest ever as well. That's I mean, true. I'm telling you, people say, well, who's the, play, the players that you like to watch and who are most impressive? I go to Brett Favre and I go to Barry Sanders. Those two guys, <laughs> watching them on the field. Be right careful now. Oh, my God, he just made that play. I cannot believe it. Be careful, um, so Mike. Yeah, Be careful now. We have <laughs> we have fans now that still believe that Ezekiel Elliott is a better running back than Barry Sanders. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't know if this, whoever the fans are, if they've ever seen him firsthand and just watch him break ankles and just embarrass the hell out of other players. Uh, I'm telling you, man, this guy would, would just stop on a dime and change field directions and make a play that was supposed to, you know, be sacked or, 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 or a loss of a five, he'll turn it into a gain of 20. And I'm telling you, man, I saw a lot of football in my days. I played in, what, 132 games or something in my career. Wow. Mm-hmm. Played against a lot of really impressive athletes. And I got to tell you, Brett Favre made plays, and uh, Barry Sanders made plays. And the other thing about Barry Sanders, I think I'm about an inch, maybe a half inch taller than Barry wow. Sanders. So I'm pretty, like, 
yay for the short guys, man. I couldn't imagine being Barry Sanders. I'd get murdered. I'd get killed. But okay, that's why I have a lot more um, respect for that man because of you know, his size and what he's done. Ezekiel uh, Elliott driving a cart, golf cart wouldn't be better than Barry Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he's the golf ball. <laughs> Maybe they could donate him from the Salvation Army container <laughs> with, that him and Dak Prescott left into against the Giants, which, by the way, they still lost that game. <laughs> well, Zeke has a better – he has a better quarterback, Dak. I mean, Barry Barry had an offensive line. You can't even name half the guys on that line. They were horrible. And then yeah, his the only quarterback – Yeah, they were going to think of his Lamas Brown. Who was his quarterback? Uh, Rodney yeah. Pete and uh, – <laughs> I don't even know after that. Mike, you might know. You're a Lions fan. You might know. John Kittner? Yeah, I don't think he never. even played with Kittner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I feel bad for Barry Sanders. No, why he, no wonder why he retired at such a young age. I mean, seriously. Uh, but by the way, Barry Sanders looks great. He still does. I mean, he's he's closer to uh, – I think he's closer to 60 now, and he's been he, – he looks great. I saw him at the uh, Hall of Fame Awards and – uh, you know, and Curtis Martin too. You want to talk about a, a, a running back that keeps himself in the shape now that he doesn't play? He, he's in fantastic shape. He really is. These guys really, you know, strategic. You too, Mike. You look great. I mean, for a guy that's been out of the game for a little while, you, you look great. You really do. I'm just trying to stay young, man. Yeah. Just trying to trying to defeat the odds of, of physics and just kind of never get old. Mm, well, I, I'm going to be 40 this year, so I know all about it. I. I'm going to be 40 this year, so I know all about that. I mean, I, you know, I, thank God my girlfriend's a little bit younger than me. Well, she's a lot younger than me. So, you know, it, it, she says, you know, you're, you're, you look very young for a guy your age or I, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> so, you know, you have a girlfriend, so you know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Proform Kicking is my handle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and all that stuff. Um, and proformkicking.com is is uh, is the website. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, or you can Google my name. I, I'm telling you, it's it's a, it's a very easy thing to do. Just Google my name; it'll pop up. Probably the first thing to pop up. Well, we'd love to get you back on the show again, and maybe we can we could talk about working together for uh, helping out your academy and maybe doing something in the summertime, coming down there and and doing some work with you guys. Do a live show over there. We would love to do that. We really would. Yeah, that'd be cool. Absolutely. My producer over here, Speedy, uh, if you know him, Speedy Petey, Kyle Cloyber, but his real, you know, his nickname is Speedy Petey. It's great. And, and we'll tell you why he we claims, call him He claims like I, you, you know, I looked like the kid from the 1979 Peach Dragon. Remember Peach Dragon? Come on, man. Doesn't he look like Peach? Yeah. <laughs> Petey. I know you said that, that uh, when he, he always said, darn Elliot. <laughs> right? He always said that with the Elliot the Dragon, right? That's right. I, I use it all the time. If, in, if I'm, I'm trying to you know, watch my language and say something else. I would say, Barnett Elliott. <laughs> that's right. He's Petey. Petey. That's, Petey, that's yes. it. Speedy Petey, man. He talks very fast. So that's, you know, that's why we call him Speedy. It's, he's got a nickname that everybody knows. He's a hit on TikTok, by the way. So, uh, you know, especially the stupid questions I ask him. So uh, definitely throws people off and he doesn't like it. But anyways, uh, Mike, we'll definitely get you on again. We really appreciate you joining us. And uh, our next guest uh, who's going to be joining us is an all-pro running back, Christian Okoye. So uh, definitely tune in when we get Christian on. Ah, awesome. Definitely uh, like to see that. Uh, uh, we, we were in the same business for a little while. And, That's uh, right. It was a CBD company, Canaway, yeah. And oh. Nick Lowry got us involved, oh. or got me involved, but uh, Nick is good friends with uh, Christian. But, uh, yeah, good man. Absolutely. We really appreciate you, and, and we're going to definitely get you on again. We'll talk. I'll have Speedy awesome. reach out to you. Thank you, Mike. 
Sounds good, guys. Take care. Mike Hollis, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jaguars, Bills, Giants, Chargers. He's a kicker, all right. And, and and by the way, he's got some moves. I mean, Speedy, he's got better moves than Tyler. That's for damn sure. I mean, he's not even in there. We Smack him around a couple of times. He's not even in that seat. Could you hit him a couple times? So I'm going to hit his ghost? And hit his ghost. I think that would be good. I mean, there you go, Speedy. It, it's great. Uh, Mike is awesome, by the way. Really great guy. Uh, gave us some good information. Uh, I Thank you for actually throwing me under the bus. I, I wasn't looking for McAfee. I was looking for McPherson. And you threw me even deeper, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you didn't help me there, by the way. Uh, uh, Christian will be joining us soon, I hope. Uh, I know he's uh, running up a little late, so running a little late. But you did talk to him. Yes. He will be joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, getting back into the Super Bowl, I mean, Speedy, I, we talk about the Bengals. And, and I, I will say this. Joe Burrow. He didn't have one of his better games, but it wasn't Joe Burrow's fault. It wasn't it Bur- Burrow's fault. And, and and to me, when you when you when you talk about, uh, especially in the second half, now I, I think they did a very good job in the fourth quarter on Jamar Chase. They really did. They Jalen Ramsey really shut him down in certain aspects. They had problems with Higgins, which we believe they were going to because of his size. And Tyler Boyd, that drop in the fourth quarter, I think really cost him a chance to winning the game. I mean, what was it? It was third in third, third down and short. And third it, would and have, short. it would have been a first down. I think it was third and five, and it would have been a first down if he extended enough. He, he was going to Because it was right at the cusp of where the first down line was on a slant pass. And probably, I would say 60%, 70% chance he would have had it just powering through if he dropped it. But he looked down the field before he caught the ball, which is, the number one thing that you're always taught as a wide receiver, always catch the ball before you start trying to get yards after the catch. And sometimes that can be easier said than done in today's game with a lot of these heavy motion offenses that we see, including what the Rams have with McVay. But still, it's still number one fundamental, uh, or not McVay, Zach Taylor, who comes from the McVay tree, but it's still number one fundamental of that kind of receiver, just basic wide receiver play. And I, just so everybody knows, I know everybody is loving that the Knicks have given up a big lead. I don't want the Knicks to win. Okay, I, any Nick fan that can honestly sit here, they're not making the playoffs. Why would they want to beat the Brooklyn Nets? Okay, they're trying. They're not making the playoffs. Let's be honest. And they should be losing as many games as they can so they can get somewhere in the middle of this. Uh, I guess you could say this raffle of uh, a draft stock where when maybe they can get themselves a top five pick, which uh, could be a good player for the future for this team. I, I mean, it would be very stupid if the Knicks won this game. Now, losing, you know, coming, giving up a 30 point lead is not something to brag, you know, brag about. I mean, the Knicks are a horrible team right now. But to sit here, I saw Boston do this this year. I mean, Boston had a 35-point lead and gave up a 35-point lead and lost. I saw the Chicago Bulls this year. They had a 25-point lead and give up a 25-point lead and lose. So sit here and say, you laugh at the Knicks. That's great. Good, good for the Knicks. They, they should lose. And they shouldn't. And I understand that Kevin Durant's not in this game. Ben Simmons not in the game. If you're a Knicks fan, you don't want the Knicks to win. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, as far as the, the rest of... Of the Super Bowl, I, I think that I was very surprised that the running backs had no part of this game. I mean, uh, Akers didn't run the ball. Henderson came into the game. I thought Henderson was going to play a big part of this game. He wasn't. Uh, Sonny Michelle didn't have a good game. And then even on the other side, uh, for I believe one of the best running backs in the league, one of the more underrated running backs in the league. In um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, Mixon. I'm Mixon. Mixon didn't have a good game either. He he really didn't. Uh, the Knicks were supposed to be a good a, a good at defense, not this year. Uh, again, 
Carl, the Knicks this year have been horrific defensively. I think they're ranked 22nd or 23rd when last year we were a top five defense and in some aspects a top three defense. So this is not a defensive team. They added Fournier and Kemba Walker. It it really hasn't benefited the Knicks defensively. So, no, the Knicks are not a good defensive team. They haven't been a good defensive team really since last year. But, uh, again, I'm not talking about basketball. I'm talking about uh, football. But, I I mean, uh, again, the running backs didn't play a big part of this game. And, and again – you look at the Bengals and, and what the Bengals could be in the future. The Bengals are a very young team. They bring Bates back, which I believe they will, unless for some reason they decide to walk you know walk away or let him go, which I think would be stupid because there are teams like the Jets. There are team very good teams that have a lot of money and a lot of space to add him. Uh, the Vikings. I do the Vikings have enough money? I'm not I'm sure. I'm not sure on that. I they did. They did had... surge a lot of the defense the last couple of years, so they might have some money. But Oakland does. Oakland definitely has the money for that. And uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of definitely a lot of teams. But the Bengals are top ten in salary cap too, so there's no really no reason not to bring him back unless he's asking for something unrealistic. But I, I think knowing that they just made a Super Bowl, I don't know if he's going to be like that because he really doesn't have that same kind of ego we see a lot of the other safeties too that've been asking for this big money. Uh, Carl said, "Who can they get?" Who can they get on the old line? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interior dra- interior first round draft picks that might fall just because of the position. To the the Bengals need a lot, especially in the interior. Tackles are not as bad. Jonah Williams hasn't developed the way he should, but that was also because of the injury. Riley Reef is solid when he's healthy, but he was hurt for much of the year too. So most of their problems are more on the interior, which well, I think they can get later in the. And draft. there are some good offensive linemen that are going to be available this off season. Brendan Scherf is is going to be available this off season. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe you take a you may t- you take a shot at Nate Solder who. <laughs> Who hasn't had it? Wasn't very good with the Giants, but he's available. Who Can't knows? Work. Maybe Eli Apple, Nate, uh, Eli Apple, Nate Solder, BJ Hill. Just join all of them. <laughs> I mean, Eric Fisher, who has had a very good career uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. He played for Indianapolis this year. Maybe you take a flyer on him to help out. He's a veteran player. I mean, there there are some players that you could bring in. Morgan Moses, uh, you know, in certain aspects. Brandon Shell. There are guys. That you uh, Trey Turner is going to be available this yeah, offseason. That'd be a good one. You probably get him cheap too. Yeah, Trey Turner is a guy that'll be available this offseason. And Bengal, the Bengals have money. They they have money to spend this offseason, so they can rebuild this offensive line pretty quick. And, and and I I'm telling you right now, Cincinnati will be there again next year. They will absolutely be there again next year. I'd like to see Justin Herbert there. I'd like to see uh, Josh Allen and. Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be there next year. Maybe you see the Jets, maybe a Zach Wilson, uh, Mac Jones. I mean, there's a lot of good young quarterbacks moving up in the, in the AFC. I think the AFC is stacked with great young quarterbacks. It's the NFC that you worry about and where they're moving, you know, moving forward with the quarterback position. Russ Wilson uh, might not be with Seattle. Maybe he decides to go to the Broncos. I'm hearing the Broncos might be interested in Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers might be coming to the AFC uh, for the Broncos or maybe another team. I, I I mean, there's still Derek Carr here in the AFC. I mean, the AFC is stacked with good young quarterbacks and veteran, good veteran, mediocre quarterbacks as well. So I, I think the AFC is set right now, and, and, and I believe that Joe Burrow is one of the top three young quarterbacks right now in the league. So uh, the Bengals are positioned very, very well. Uh, did Errol just slip in the Jets? Yeah, I, I, I sl- First of all, Carl, I slipped in Zach Wilson because – uh, tra- also, Trevor Lawrence is in the AFC as well. So uh, I- I'm slipping the quarterbacks right now, the young quarterbacks. And Zach Wilson, say whatever you want, in the second half of the season, he, he had the, uh, the, be- the second-best quarterback rating in the league and completion percentage in the league as well. 
So he was right behind Aaron Rodgers. So, yes, I, I think Zach Wilson, will hopefully, if the Jets add some good, uh, you know, playmakers in the offseason, that's going to be an if. But if they do that, I think Zach Wilson's positioned to do, do pretty well next year, and especially getting rid of their uh, – um, his co- his uh, his girlfriend and all that other stuff. So listen, this we're in we're in New York, okay? And of course, I'm going to bring up the Jets. And say whatever you want. The Jets, even the Giants, if they decide to they keep Daniel ja- uh, Daniel Daniel Jacobs uh, Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones. Um, these guys are pissing me off. But um, if you bring in Daniel Jones, you bring him back, or you decide to bring in Deshaun Watson or whoever they decide to go at their quarterback position, I think they keep Daniel Jones, see what Daniel Jones can do and, and build around Daniel Jones. But the Giants are still very much positioned if they put the right players around them. The, the, the one thing I worry about the Giants is they got to rebuild that offensive line. They they absolutely do. And they got to figure out what they're doing at the pass rush position. Did you hear what – uh? Um, uh, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau said today? No, I didn't. Kayvon Thibodeau thinks that the Giants are going to be the one to draft him. That's That was pretty much an inside thing. And, and a lot of people think Kayvon Thibodeau could be the most raw, most talented player coming out of this year's draft. But some people believe that he doesn't want to play. He, he's like a Miles Garrett. He, he, when Miles Garrett came into the league, everybody says Miles Garrett is, is a beast of a man, but maybe he just doesn't want to be in this league. Maybe he doesn't want to play football. As we, we've heard from quarterbacks in the past, a.k.a. Uh, a quarterback that was drafted in, uh, in the, uh, uh, the Josh Allen draft. Uh, we all know who I'm talking about. Uh, there are, another one that didn't want to play for the Browns. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, obviously uh, there are players that just – don't have the push and the stride to to play in the NFL. But, again, uh, that's what they think Kayvon Thibodeau is, and he has that pec injury that Jeff keeps telling me about. Uh, Kayvon, if, if somehow he falls to the Giants, the Giants will be very lucky, okay? If somehow he falls out of the top four and he falls to the Giants at five or maybe he falls to them at seven, I mean, the Giants are getting a highway robbery, okay, at, at number seven at Kayvon, Th- Kayvon Thibodeau because I, I think he's the best – to me, I think if he's not the best pass rusher in this draft, uh, he's the second best pass rusher in this draft. So I, and it's a, 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 a draft that has maybe four or five top-end pass rushers that could be elite type of pass rushers in this league. So, I, I mean, it's crazy when, when you think about if he falls to the Giants at, at five or seven. Now, that doesn't mean he will. I, I think that the combine is definitely going to show what he is and what teams are going to think of him. And I think the guy is just such a, a – be- athletically, I don't think Hutchinson's anywhere athletically gifted like this guy is. Uh, I, I don't think any of the pass rushers are athletically gifted like this guy is. So speed-wise, on the edge, uh, power, I mean, lifting. I mean, I, I heard the guy can do – 225, like 35 times off his chest, which I think would be a record if I'm not mistaken or something like that. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does at the combine and where he positions himself very, very well. So, um, I mean, as far as the offseason, it, it could go either way. And, and we're going to – and I, I know we're waiting for the Nigerian um, – the Rocket Man, the Nigerian thing. nightmare. Uh, Rocket have you, Man. Have you have you have you reached out to him? Uh, like five times. I'm uh, sure. Hopefully, hopefully he joins us. I, I know he's been really, you know, he's been very busy, and he was at the Super Bowl, and I, I'm looking forward to getting him on the show. Uh, as we had Mike Hollis, um, you know, it, it, it going into the quarterbacks and free agency and, and off season. I mean, Speedy, there are quite a few quarterbacks, and Kyler Murray. Has been a name, and I, I love Kyler Murray. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He's one of the smallest quarterbacks in the league. Uh, he obviously um, 
after that game uh, against the LA Rams, he pretty much took himself away from the Arizona Cardinals. He defriended the Arizona Cardinals as an organization on Twitter. And he did that with a lot of the players too. I mean, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts to the, the, this story that's coming out? Kyler Murray might be on his way out uh, of the, the Arizona Cardinals. When we were talking about him, one of, one of the more fantastic young quarterback stars in the league. And a team that really was building nicely. They, they went from an extreme shift of what they had in the 20, 2013 through 2017 team, that Bruce Arians team. They went, kind of went from an extreme shift because that team was on the older side and it fit to a lot of his schemes. So once he left, they really drafted to rebuild other areas and made the team fit a more modern type NFL. And a lot of that had to do with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury trying to bring the air raid offense to the NFL, which, again, has worked to some extent, but also Cliff Kingsbury has also been questioning a lot of his game planning, and maybe there's a lot of people that believe he held, he held Kyle Murray back. Now, some of it, kind of like what the Bengals had with this year with Joe Burrow, some of it was offensive line-driven at the beginning of his career. Kyler Murray, like Joe Burrow, was holding him the ball too long. Russell Wilson had the same problem at the beginning of his career. So you wonder if that kind of thing is really ticking him off where he doesn't feel like the organization has helped him out a lot. Now, they did bring in DeAndre Hopkins. They did draft all these other wide receivers, but some of these wide receivers that they drafted haven't panned out either. So I don't know exactly what Kyler Murray is frustrated with, with, with anything specific. Is it, is it Kingsbury? I don't know if it's Kingsbury as much because they have a good relationship, but maybe it's the front office. Maybe it's some particular maybe control aspect because we're seeing quarterbacks now get control and maybe – he wants more control over Kingsbury, auto-building plays, play-calling, stuff like that. So he hasn't specifically said that kind of thing, but he's definitely frustrated with something. And that might elevate his his new contract if he gets one from the Cardinals, where they might have to overpay for him more than they realize. And what is this that everybody says that Kyler Murray is going to leave football and go play baseball? There's no way in hell he's going to do that. He gave up $4 million with the Oakland Athletics to be a starting quarterback. And by the way, he'll make more money when he becomes a free agent as a starting quarterback in the NFL than as a player in the major leagues. And does he? Does anybody think, even though he was a top draft pick as a baseball player, does anybody think that Kyler Murray is going to even make it to the major leagues? Because he would have to go into the minors. He'd have to earn his spot on the major league team. And the Oakland Athletics, let's be, be honest, their, their farm system is stacked. So as good as Kyler Murray was and how high a draft pick he was, I don't know if Kyler Murray even makes the big leagues. So why would he leave it? I mean, Speedy, do you think he would leave the NFL? I, I don't see it. I yeah. thought that way initially just because, one, I thought he would be raw. I thought he would be raw. I didn't expect him to be as suddenly good as he was in the NFL coming in. I knew he was talented, fast, all that stuff. But I, I would have thought, okay, maybe he had a bad injury. Maybe he... Maybe the team was losing so much where he did, they didn't develop and he got frustrated. I don't think in this circumstance it would have happened. I think he just more is frustrated with the organization. I think at this point, especially now with the athletics also on the baseball front of it, now they're in rebuild mode. They're trying to trade everybody. They're, mm. uh, they just just got a new stadium. So, they're, I mean, it's not really a great desirable place now right. to play. I, it's one thing if they were still had, keeping that core together and say, oh, maybe here, here's another speedy outfielder to help us out or something like that. Maybe that's maybe that ends up being the case, and also mm-hmm. maybe if he had some kind of major major injury, he's had a couple injuries late in the season. But I think that's also more with the offensive line driven, right. more than anything else. So I don't know if it would be at this point. I thought that way at at at, at the draft time, and I said no, he's not making him. He's not making a mistake going to play football because he's going to be drafted high. And obviously, once Kingsbury got there, he's going to be drafted first overall because that's what he wanted. If he leaves, if he leaves, Kingsbury's gone from Arizona. I, I believe that too. There's yeah. no way he is. 
he's going to keep Kingsbury's going to keep his job if Ty- Kyler Murray says, you know what, I want out of here. And who would be interested in Kyler Murray? There's a lot of teams that would be lining up for him. The Giants being one of them. And the Giants, if Kyler Murray somehow becomes available, Pittsburgh and the Giants are two teams that absolutely have to look and say, you know what, uh, maybe it's worth giving up a first round this year and a first round next year to land Kyler Murray because that's what you're going to have to give up. And I'll say that's the only reason why you, you, you don't have to give up as much for Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson's a proven commodity. Kyler Murray's only been in the league for, what, two or three years. He's He hasn't really done anything in the playoffs. He hasn't won anything in the playoffs. So if the Giants somehow see that Kyler Murray becomes available, I mean, seriously, he's definitely a guy. And, and Pittsburgh, who's going to be looking for a top-end quarterback, that's where, you, you know... It, they're looking. I, I hear. I, I see what Jeff is saying. Cards should uh, ditch Murray and draft Pickett. Jeff, there's a lot of uh, analysts that don't like Pickett. They don't like Pickett. I know he's a senior. He had a great senior year, but throughout his career, I mean, his sophomore year wasn't good. He didn't have a good or junior year. He didn't have a great junior year. So uh, again, when you look at and, and Kyler Murray is not going to the Jets. There's no way the Jets are going to just move away from Zach Wilson. It that doesn't make sense. And I, I think that uh, the Broncos will be a team that – remember, the Broncos are very interested in Russell Wilson, I'm hearing, in our Rodgers. Uh, that, that, the, the Broncos are the lead team for both these players. But, again, I don't know if Russell Wilson's leaving Seattle. I, I don't know if – everything that we've heard, what Pete Carroll has said, that he's going nowhere. But, again, we've heard this before. And as soon as when, uh, when a coach we, – we heard this with James Harden, Sean Marks saying, oh, he's going nowhere, he's going nowhere. And then the next day he trades him. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Russell Wilson. But I, out of all the quarterbacks that are going to be available this offseason, I think Russell Wilson is going to stay packed. I, I, I can't see him leaving Seattle unless some team gives him a crazy number of draft picks and a player, a, a top-end player. That's the only way he goes anywhere. He's not going to the Giants. But a Kyler Murray, if, if – remember, Arizona has – they sell other picks. They still have money to spend. Uh, there are quarterbacks. Maybe, you know what, you move on. You trade Kyler Murray to the Giants. You get two first-round draft picks. And then you make a move for Deshaun Watson and, and trade only one pick for Deshaun Watson and make out on one, one you know, extra draft pick. I don't know what – the Arizona Cardinals are going to be thinking in this offseason. But if there's a year where you could say, you know what, maybe Kyler Murray isn't the guy that we want here. He doesn't look like he wants to be here. Uh, this is the year where they can move on from a star quarterback, trade him away, and bring in another star quarterback. Am I right or wrong, Speedy? Yeah, it's all, there's options available depending on if you go this for— This year more than any year. Yeah, if, if you want to go for some younger team that might have the money to be able to take that kind of thing on, pay him the 30-whatever million he's contracts. Got he's, contract. he's got a rookie contract. He's got a rookie contract. So whoever— whoever the You don't Card- have to pay him nothing. Right now, no, but I'm just saying for the Cardinals in terms of value— in terms of value to get back in a trade, they're not going to want somebody that's going to say, all right, we're going to just have him for one year and not be sure if they're going to be able to pay him because they're not going to push as well, hard. Well, he has two do- years. You can also franchise sure. him. Like, yeah. But from the Cardinals' perspective, in terms of getting the extra compensation for that kind of trade, you want to be able to get a team that's going to be fully committed to this. You want to ha- think about a team that's going to have money. Now, the Steelers you brought up, they're going to have to make a lot of money things work because they have a lot of bad contracts on that team. They have an older team that Big Ben's money will come off, which is definitely be helpful. But- well, they don't have to sign him this year, and I think by the time he becomes available, because like I said, he they can franchise him at least one year. I think he has two years. He's got a fourth and a fifth year because he's been in the league for three. This was his third year, right? Yes. So 
So he has a fourth and a fifth year, and then they can franchise him. So they have three years before that happens. So really, they don't have to worry about that, Speedy. So I think right now, this would be the perfect time to trade Kyler Murray because you can get a lot back for him, and then Pittsburgh doesn't really have to pay him that much. Well, yeah, if it's a team like that, they're going to take that kind of route. I'm saying, though, in terms of the Three draft- years from now, those a lot of these guys are going to be off the books. So it's not going to matter, Speedy. So it, it's not. And Kyler Murray will get his contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers if need be. Because they'll have enough. They'll, just, they'll try to maneuver contracts by the time it becomes available. Now, you, you brought up a lot of the other teams that might have interest in that kind of thing. The Broncos, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, maybe that's an, a, de- a destination for that kind of thing. Because it's going to, again, it has to be a team of money and also a team with these offensive skill players. How about a team like the Minnesota Vikings who are trying to deal Kirk Cousins? Maybe he is on the last year of his deal. Maybe they consider that kind of thing. Mm. With a new coach there and Kevin O'Connell now coming over from the Rams, maybe he wants a younger type quarterback. And look at those skill players. Kyler Murray gets to play with Justin Jefferson and play with Dalvin Cook. I'm sure that's a scenario that he could love right. as well. And and there's definitely going to be those kinds of teams available. I mean, to a lesser extent, maybe some of the NFC South teams that could be looking for a quarterback, maybe a team like Atlanta, if they want to move off from Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. if he wants to go play with Kyle Pitts, maybe that's something that keeps Calvin Ridley in Atlanta, who wants right. to be traded. Uh, Carolina, too, with DJ Moore, with Christian McCaffrey, and obviously Sam Darnold, a lot of question marks. Maybe they want to go after Kyler Murray and move off of Sam Darnold. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of options with younger teams, too. Sam Darnold's going nowhere with Carol. Nobody wants Sam Darnold right now. He's used goods. And, and being that they gave up a second and a fourth round draft pick, as much as everybody thinks that Carolina's just going to say, bye-bye, Sammy, he's gone and he's a goner, they're going to bring him back. They're going to have to bring him back and see what they have in the offseason, OTAs. If he doesn't make the team against OTAs, well, then they gave up the second and the fourth and they move on. But that you know who that, that sets up? That sets up the coach that if he has another bad year, he will be fired because he gave up mm-hmm. uh, the future. The second and fourth round pick are high picks to give up starters that you could give up on this roster, and you could have drafted a quarterback in the second round this year to replace, uh, you know, uh, the quarterback that they had in in line from Sam Darnold. So, uh, so... I think when you, when you look at the big position, this is the year, this is the offseason where you're going to see quarterbacks that are going to stand out and not are going to become available. Like I said, the Deshaun Watsons, the Kyla Murrays. Uh, there's so many quarterbacks. I mean, Russell Wilson, you're hearing Aaron Rodgers is going to be available. Uh, Derek Carr could be available this offseason, mm-hmm. being that there's a new coach in McDaniels. Maybe McDaniels says, you know what, I want Kyla Murray. I think Kyler Murray fits my offense better. I mean, he made Tim Tebow somewhat work, so I could imagine what he could do to Kyler Murray. Not that I think he's a great coach anyway, but still, at least schematically similar. Well, if you have Kyler Murray, it can hide the deficiencies of everything. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. But he can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy, and that's the problem with Kyler Murray. That, if 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 I was an owner, if I was a GM, and I'm looking at Kyler Murray right now, if you look at Kyle Murray the last three years, he's a fantastic talent. He really is. He really is a great player at his size. Very accurate, very fast, very dangerous. The guy is so small, and he gets hit a lot. And when he gets hit, he's not a big man. He's not a Cam Newton. He's not a Ben Roethlisberger. He's not even a Sam Darnold, who's 6'3". He's 5'10", or 5'9". Five nine. I mean, he's. I, a, I don't think anyone knows his actual height. It feels like it just fluctuates. I, I mean, he's not a big man, and 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 running and his legs are a very important part of his game. Uh, he's not Lamar Jackson's tall. He's very uh, skinny. Yeah, he's lean, but he's right. but he's tall, and 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 the size matters in the NFL because uh, you know with the with his speed, it, everything is dependent on dependent on his legs to make the plays in the open field. So. 
I, I would think that you have to look at Kyler Murray. Could this guy stay healthy a whole season? And and being that there's another year, another another uh, game, you know, put on the roster and put on the season, there could be another game. I'm hearing they could add another game for eight, 18 games and, and, and kind of get rid of uh, the preseason as a whole. Yeah, so, I think that's what the initial – uh, the owners wanted initially, and then the players didn't want that because the players already don't like the fact that they added the 17th game as it is. So I think that was the compromise as it was. But I don't know. Maybe if there was an incentive to get rid of the whole More preseason, money. More money. We'll, we'll see if they change their mind on that with the, the next CBA, mm-hmm. with that kind of thing. Because a lot of players are already complaining about so many different things from the extra game, the Thursday games, and because of the injuries especially. Uh, listen, you're going to complain about stuff. There are things that they're not going to like. And, and, and again, when you look at the quarterback position, the quarterback positions are, you know, they're, they're put in position to succeed. Well, you hope they succeed. Uh, Joe Burrows wasn't. Joe Burrow wasn't. But, again, uh, we, we would expect the teams in the offseason to really rebuild and structure the team around their franchise, which is usually their quarterback when you have an elite quarterback on your team. Kyler Murray is an elite quarterback. You can say whatever you want. He's an elite quarterback. He's amongst the top top seven, top eight quarterbacks in the league, even in three years. Uh, but again, what scares me about Kyler Murray when you're going to give up a significant amount for him is the fact that he's five foot ten, five foot nine, and he can't stay healthy. And that, that would scare me. Like Aaron Rodgers, he's 6'2", six 6'3". Six he's been a dominant force in this league. So if you're going to give up, you know, two seconds and two first, you're still getting a player that has won two back-to-back MVPs, might win it again this year now that Tom Brady's not in the league. I mean, who's going to challenge him for that position? I mean, seriously. There's nobody right now in the league that is anywhere close to this good. And I don't want to hear about Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes has got to prove to me this year coming coming into, you know, this offseason that he can do it in the big stage. And in the big stage this year, everybody says, well, he beat Buffalo, blah, 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 blah. If Josh Allen got a chance to touch the ball in that overtime, Josh Allen goes to the AFC title game. And who knows? Maybe Buffalo goes to the Super Bowl. And maybe it's a different game. Okay? Because Josh Allen, to me, outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that game. Patrick Mahomes played fantastic. There's no question he's a great quarterback. But to me, this year, especially this year, Patrick Mahomes has not shown me in the big game or in important parts of the game that he can stay and, and, and be a force uh, in, the, in the big part of the game, especially against the Bengals. Both Bengals games this year, he's had 50 yards in both games in the second half. That doesn't get it done, Speedy. It doesn't. Uh, Jeff says, keep an eye on Watson to the Bucks. That's interesting, too. Hmm. I heard that, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they shed the $30 million that they had to pay Brady, so it's definitely an option. Now, Watson's contract's a little more, so they'd likely have to cut either some offensive players. They've got to trade stuff, too. Right, they're going to have to cut either some veteran defensive players or some offensive players that they brought in. I mean, they're going to lose Godwin as it is. Texans, so. The Texans aren't just going to give him away. No, but I, I think Tampa's good with the, the roster structure that they have. They don't, aren't going to need a lot of those draft picks as it is, so it's just a matter of can they replenish in those other areas because, again, they have, they're going to going to lose some receivers, so they're going to have to probably get one more receiver to help out with Evans. Well, Godwin's definitely gone. Right. Godwin's going to be gone, especially if they get to Sean Watson. They're not going to be able to pay both of them, so you're going to have to really trust a lot of those rookies. They just drafted Jalen Darden. They have Tyler Johnson there, so those will be the guys that they have to do that for. 
and maybe some defensive players that might, uh, those older defensive players that might end up going as well. Maybe it's guys like Ndamukong Sue on that defensive line, William Golston, those types of guys that are making a lot of money. Maybe those will end up being the case. Uh, ben says, met former Eagles, Bucks, and Chiefs scout slash assistant coach under Dick Vermeil for the Eagles in Super Bowl 15, Bill Baker today, in waiting room at a doctor appointment. Great guy, awesome story, showed off his conference championship staff ring. Good for him, and, right. I, and thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, but, but Ben, you know, I, I, Ben's been through so much. I, I, I give Ben a lot of respect for, for all the surgeries he's had with the kidney stones and all that other stuff. Uh, you know, thank God that he's getting better and he's feeling better, you know, because he's, he's had a rough time. He really has. But I, I will say this. This offseason is going to be fun to watch. You're talking about free agency. Uh, there's a lot of great players that are going to be available this offseason, not just the quarterbacks. We were just talking about the offensive line, defensive players. I think this is probably the best defensive lineup that's going to be available uh, you know, we've seen in a very long time. We were just talking about, uh, you know, Bates that's going to be available at safety. There's a couple of really good safeties. There's a couple of really good corners and pass rushers. I mean, if you're going to stock up, if you're going to have a team and you can rebuild a team one, two, three this offseason in free agency, this is the year, Speedy. Absolutely the year. And we're seeing now because of the way the Rams won, you're going to see other teams try to. I don't do know that. about they're going to give away, you know, their future. Not, not necessarily to that extreme, but yes. you're, going to, you're going to see teams try to do that because now it's much more of a quick fix era of sports that we're seeing now. Even well, if you have all the pieces, if you have an Aaron Donald there, if you have a Jalen Ramsey, well, Jalen Ramsey was traded for picks, but if you have an Aaron Donald, you have a defense that's pretty much stacked and you have a piece that, that can absolutely solidify that defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it, all you need is really a quarterback. You, you, Van Jefferson was a great pick. I mean, right. he's a good player. Uh, I mean, Cooper Cup, he's a star. I mean, he came into – it was a fourth-round draft right. pick. He's a star. And then you have the different players. You added a tight end here in Higby and, and a tight end there in, in the draft. You, you could build that. And, and, and then the offensive line. You, you, a couple of years ago, you bring in um, the offensive lineman from the Bengals. Whitworth. Yeah. Whitworth, who, who's been a big part of this, this offensive line. And help. I think Whitworth retires this offseason. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely possible. But mm-hmm. even so, like the, even just year to year, the way the Rams have switched off. Think about the 20 2014 through 2016 Rams, all the defensive pieces they had with Robert Quinn, with uh, with Michael Brockers, with guys like Nick Fairley, James Laurinaitis, all those guys there. Then but all you didn't sudden, have to give up picks. For no, them. no, no. But all of a sudden, you transform that defense, and then all of a sudden, they have a basically fresh new defense in one year. Then they then they trade Talib, they trade Peters, they get Jalen Ramsey, and all of a sudden, they it works. Well, they, the Bengals they, did the same thing. They they, they brought mm-hmm. seven new players exactly. that helped them get where they needed right. to go. So. And I was just going to mention they have all, all practically that whole defense is free agency too, outside of their line. Linebackers Pratt and Wilson and probably Bates. A lot of that defense is free agents. Hendrickson they bring in. DJ Reader, who I thought they overpaid for at the time, they bring in. So it's proving that a lot of these things can be fixed quicker in today's NFL if you have a good foundation with certain stars and you have a good foundation with the team culture, which it's definitely shown with the Rams for sure. They've always had a good team culture since McVay's got there. And even when Les Snead was the GM with, with, with the Rams in the past, too, they even though they had good players, they still had a lot of average rosters because they couldn't get certain things. And now you're definitely seeing that kind of thing where they could take them extreme risks. And you're going to see other teams not necessarily do it to the same extreme, but attempt to do that kind of thing because it's possible now. And teams that have the extra draft picks, teams that have the money are going to try to make those big swings. Mm. And whether it's for a quarterback, whether it's for a wide receiver, whether it's for a pass rusher, you're definitely going to see that more often now, even if it means giving up extra draft picks or even core players on your roster to make the money work. I'm very surprised 
surprised we have not heard from uh, Christian Okoye. Uh, hopefully, I hope he didn't think 11 like last week, but I don't know. Maybe he did say 10. So. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it's where does he live? I'm not sure. Does he live in L.A.? Does he live in a place? It might be 10 his time. His, twi- uh, his Twitter says Kansas City. so Well, maybe he's not in Kansas City. But, he, but I did say Eastern time. He said 10 Eastern time works. So maybe he thought 11. I don't know. Well, well, hopefully he comes in. <laughs> hopefully we see him. But I, I want to you know, I want to apologize to the fans that are waiting for Christian Okoye. But uh, hopefully we get him. I mean, we, we've been trying. <laughs> we've been trying. Uh, when you're, uh, what is Jeff saying over here? When you're at the hospital, see if they have any openings for Tyler's lap band surgery. <laughs> Poor Tyler. Where is Tyler? <laughs> maybe, maybe he's uh, maybe he's trying to personally search for Christian Okoye, and Christian Okoye is trying to run away. So maybe that's why he's not here. And, <laughs> and Christian Okoye is trying to join the feed and drop this drop this tablet or something with Tyler running after him. Oh, Who knows? God. Could you imagine Tyler running after him? I mean, I don't know if Tyler would be able to keep up with him. Even at, even at his age, Christian would probably outrun Tyler with his eyes closed. He really could, but. <laughs> Oh. Christian Okoye, he's still big enough where he, I don't know if he, he'd probably just run at him first, and then maybe maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's just trying to Smack settle him in around and a recover. little bit. Just recover Sweep for a little bit. What is he saying? Ben says, uh, I can see if I can get it scheduled. <laughs> Tyler's lap band surgery. I got to ask Tyler if he would do that. Do you think Tyler would do that? I have no idea. Would Would you tell Tyler if I if I kind of you know kind of maneuvered it last uh, you know tomorrow when Tyler's sitting in and you say you know Tyler I think you need a lap band you know lap band surgery would you do that would you like throw that in as a curveball would you do that hey, I think it would Jeff, be funny Jeff if says, you said it you know not anybody else Jeff says I can't imagine Tyler running think of all the flabby skin <laughs> poor Tyler. <laughs> Hey, listen, after what happened last uh, last Saturday, uh, I will say this. I, I Tyler, I've never seen Tyler so, you know, so, you know, worked up for what happened. There was a fight that broke out with two women. It went outside. There was hair pulling. There was a bunch of boyfriends or husbands getting involved with it. I'm trying to get in between, trying to calm everything down. Tyler's trying to rip the girl's hair out of her, the other girl's hand. I mean, it was uh, Tyler didn't even know what to do. I mean. I think Tyler got smacked in the forehead by one of these girls, too, by the way. It was uh, very interesting, to say the least. That's uh, will be running before him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems very likely at this case, especially if your surgery does not go well. What quarterback this offseason do you think is definitely on the move? Definitely. 100%. I think I think especially now with a new coach there, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be traded from the Vikings. Whether he should or not is another question. But I think Kevin O'Connell is going to want a fresh start. With He's that a free Vikings agent, team. isn't he? No, he has the one more year because he did he signed the extension. So I think the Vikings are San going to Francisco look, are going to look to move him. San Francisco is definitely an option with them trying to move Jimmy G. Maybe maybe they do some kind of three way trade. I don't know where Jimmy G's contract's pretty big, so I don't know where he's going to end up going to. Unless the Vikings the Saints. Uh, I don't know if the Saints have the money to do that. They have to, they have to probably shed, I think, $70 million. They're going to trade more. away their wide receiver in Thomas. Right. So the, you have that. You still have to shed a lot more to do that. They're going to have to really do a really, lot Really, Michael Thomas is making over $140-something million. Right, but that's not one year. That's oh, what, not $140, so, uh, $110. Yeah, you shed the $21 million or whatever they'll make this year. That's You're still down $40 million Yeah, but how cap. much is he making? How much is he making this year? It's in the 20. I think his highest was 25. I'm not sure which year it is, but the, the average annual value was 20. Check that out. Check what Kirk Cousins is making uh, for his last year. Is it 30 million? Is it 35 million? I, I don't know. Uh, again, I think they'll shed out. They'll shed off pieces. They're going to have to bring in a quarter. Now, 
they got to decide what they're doing with Taysom Hill. Are they going to keep Taysom Hill? Or they do they trust uh, Taysom Hill for one year? Maybe they re-sign Jameis Winston for one more year and see what Jameis has. Yeah, they might back. have to at this rate because, for one thing, they're going to have to move other pieces to at least get some I'm kind also, of money. I'm also hearing that, whatchamacallit again, that Pittsburgh's interested in Jameis Winston. That's uh-huh. what I heard. So uh, that's an interesting story, too. Is J- Does Jameis Winston go over there to Pittsburgh and, and – and show his face over there and, and have, a, have a year to prove himself over there. So, uh, Jeff, uh, by the way, Ben says he doesn't run to the closet New York pizza spot. <laughs> closest, I'm sorry, closest New York pizza yeah, spot. Yeah, actually, Kirk Cousins making 35 base salary this year. So, that's yeah, it's going to be take a lot for the Saints to be able to do that kind of thing. I think if Cousins does get in the trade, it probably is a, a team like the Niners that has Oh, I just read what, Ty, uh, what Jeff said. The only place Tyler runs is for the border. <laughs> Taco Bell. Hashtag Taco Bell. <laughs> I mean, if to run from here to, to the border, that would be uh, very Forrest Gump-esque. Well, listen, I, I don't know who's running to the border and who's running to Taco Bells, but if Tyler's running, you know, maybe he should bring me some burritos or something like that because I would like a burrito right now as we speak. I'm a little bit hungry, even though I went out to eat before I came here. So uh, interesting, very, very interesting. But I think uh, you, the guy that I think is going to really stick out this offseason is Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I think – I think no matter what, Aaron Rodgers is on the move. I do not think he's going to resign or he's going – I mean, not resign. Uh, go, stay with the Green Bay Packers. Even if the Green Bay Packers give him an extension, I think he wants out. I, I, I Even listening to, to his speech when he won the NDP, and he, 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 he pretty much complimented uh, Matt LaFleur and how great of a coach he was, and Matt let him do what he needed to do to be him. I don't believe that. If you saw the smirk on his face and – and who he, who he is as a player. And by the way, he's no longer engaged. He, he's a single guy. And he did, he did go to Tennessee. And he did buy a house in Tennessee. Which to me, uh, spells a lot of different things. It could spend a lot of things. Where, where Mike, Mike Rabel won Coach of the Year. I, I mean, seriously. Uh, why wouldn't Aaron Rodgers want to go play in Tennessee? Tennessee is a player, a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl champion. I, I, I'll say that again. So... I don't know if he's going to Tennessee, but I think the Broncos will be very interested in him. So it, it, it's it, there's so many things that could possibly happen this offseason. But I think the guy, Speedy, that I believe is going to be on the move, it's Aaron Rodgers. You wonder, too, if they might do an NBA-type deal where you see the Titans trade extra draft picks to get rid of Tannehill's contract to at least shed the way for that kind of thing to mm-hmm. happen. Because Tennessee's always been in the market. It's only $70 million. Right, but still, the way Tannehill regressed badly this year, it's, it's a bad contract now the way you look at it. But the Packers need all the draft picks they can get because if they're going to be anticipating the end of the Aaron Rodgers era, they're going to have to rebuild, and they're going to need all the draft picks to try to make a homegrown team, whether it starts up with Jordan Love or whether it starts up with another quarterback. If they... Two first rounds, two seconds. So they might... If, if they take on that money just to have the burden of it because they're not going to be that good anyway, if they trade Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be probably a six-win team at most. You're going to have to... They're uh, not winning six games. Uh, I mean, that division's not great, so maybe they will. But. They're not winning six games. They'll be lucky to win two games. They're, they're, Aaron Rodgers makes that team that much better. I, I mean, that team is not more than a two, three-win season. Uh, they lose Aaron Rodgers, they're done. Nevertheless, though, they're, they're probably going to have to take on some kind of money to make the extra draft picks work, and I think it could be worth it for them. Unless if they, they bring in a quarterback that could play. Right. I mean, so, even so, they might have to not get... Not Tannehill. <laughs> Tannehill, I think, I, I'm just saying more as a salary dump type thing. I understand you, that, but you bring Tannehill, is he that much better than 
Love? I, I don't know about that. He probably is at this point because Love's very raw as well, but Love knows the Love knows the LaFleur Tana system. Tannehill stinks, okay? I, I don't care what – I think Love would be a better quarterback. If you're going to start a quarterback, you bring Tannehill, he be, he's the backup. But if if you're going to give up Aaron Rodgers, you being that you're getting all these picks, take those picks and maybe trade for Russell Wilson. If, if, you, if you're trading Aaron Rodgers to Tennessee and they're giving you two first and two second – you know, to get Russell Wilson, trade away three firsts. You you give up the two the two Aaron Rodgers first round picks from Green Bay and give up one of yours, and, and then you get Russell Wilson. That that's the way I look at it. And then you you don't have to rebuild. You have Russell Wilson there, and you have a good team. Then you re-sign Devontae Adams, and you're good. You're good to go. I mean, that's the way I would look at it. Uh, you know, in the big picture, you can't go into if you lose Aaron Rodgers. You're starting over. You're rebuilding again. Right. It's going to take you years to figure out who your quarterback is. Unless, hey, listen, the, the Green Bay backers could be bad for two or three years. Then you have Archie Manning, uh, who becomes available three, four years down the road, and you get Archie Manning, and then you're, there's your rebuilding again. Then you have your quarterback of the future for the next 15, 20 years. But, again, Archie Manning's a little bit of distance away. I mean, Archie has, what, senior year now in high school? Yeah. Right. And then he's got three more years in college before – or two years in college before we could talk about Archie. So – but, again, Green Bay is not going to be good for a while. And, and again, uh, Russell Wilson, being that he wants out of Seattle, if you can get a first, two firsts, and, a se- and two seconds, which that's what it's going to take to get Aaron Rodgers, what I've been reading, uh, then you have all those picks you got – Two first rounds next uh, this year. You have two first rounds next year, and you have two second. You know, you, two second rounds this year and two second rounds next year. You can take. You could probably play, take your two first rounds this year and your two second rounds this year, and have nothing in the first two rounds. Trade it away and get Russell Wilson. And by the way, Seattle don't have a first round this year, so they'll love it. They go from none to two. So that, that positions them very, very good. And then they could they could decide what they're doing with it, and it could go, it could be a free for all. Maybe they trade for Deshaun Watson, and you won't have to give up that much. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. At this rate, you're probably going to have to give up one first-round pick. The way he's... I'm just saying. I mean, think about it. You think about the quarterbacks that are going to be available. Maybe Kyler Murray. Maybe Kyler Murray goes to Seattle. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it. it, it this could be, a, a, you know, with all these good quarterbacks available, there could be a three-team trade. It could be a four-team trade where you can give up picks and give up players and this and that and then make it make it work. But Aaron Rodgers, out of all the quarterbacks, I I think he's gone. I, I think Seattle could keep Russell Wilson. Uh, but if it becomes an opening in Green Bay, I mean, Russell Wilson, remember, he went, to, he played for the Badgers. Uh, he could play in Wisconsin. Yes, Josh, for your Wisconsin Badgers. And I think – I think that when you look at Aaron Rodgers, I, I mean, Russell Wilson, he would love to go and play Wisconsin. He wants to play in a big city, a big football city. There you go. Big, one of the biggest football cities in the world, in Green Bay. I mean, it's not New York. It's not L.A. It's not Texas, Dallas, Texas. But it is still Wisconsin and Green Bay, and, and you have a chance to be, you know, to take over for Aaron Rodgers, one of the great quarterbacks, and Brett Favre, two of the greatest quarterbacks of this era. So, I, could I see that happening? Yeah, I could see it happen. I don't know if that's going to happen. I do believe that Aaron Rodgers is is pretty much when you listen to Aaron Rodgers as these MVP his MVP you know whole speech, it's pretty much saying goodbye. 
okay? Just listen to the words that he uses. I want to thank the Green Bay fans for sticking by me. Blah, 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 blah. I'd like to take my, I'd like to thank the, co- the coach, Matt LaFleur, for really letting me be me. It's pretty much saying goodbye. You know what I mean? Thank you for, for the great times here in Green Bay. I'm moving on. I want to win somewhere else. Am I right or wrong, Speedy? It sounded like it. I mean, he was supposedly, he was supposedly out last year, too, and they gave him a last-ditch effort. So I, I don't think his feelings really have changed based on just the one year. I don't think he's – you can say all he wants. He doesn't like the he, – he's He didn't made, make up with the GM, yeah, too, by the he, way. Yeah, he made good deal with the front office, whatever. Give I, me a break. It's, I, I still don't really believe that. I still think the Packers are He was stuck. engaged. By the way, he was engaged a couple of months ago, and then all of a sudden, at a split second, he's not engaged. He went from in love to not in love. So Aaron Rodgers – he, he's got like a light switch, Speedy, up and down, up yeah. and down. And again, the Packers might be in that boat where they might end up a bit like the Rams have been doing. Maybe they have to take that big swing. The Packers are not known for that kind of thing. The Packers don't really pay a lot of these free agents a lot of time. They're doing it a little more recently, maybe the last three years. But it's not really a team that you say, all right. The, we're going to go make this big swing like the Rams do, like Dallas does over the years, where they give them these big contracts. And maybe the Packers have to realize if we're going to have some chance of keeping Aaron Rodgers, maybe this is the time to do it. And they're going to have to realize, all right, maybe I have to get this big receiver that I want or this big offensive. They had a that chance to keep Aaron Rodgers happy. Okay, they didn't do it. They gave up. They gave up this offseason. The GM said, you know what? You're Aaron Rodgers. I'm the GM. I run this team, not you. I'm not bringing in the top end wide receiver. There were a couple of wide receivers they could have brought in to play on the other side of Devontae Adams. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. They drafted a wide receiver in the third round. Is he good? We don't know what he is. Obviously, he didn't play a big part in what they did in the playoffs because he did, he was nowhere to be found. And who was the the wide receiver that they drafted? Uh, Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers was nowhere to be found in the playoffs. Nowhere. Nowhere to be found in that game against it against San Francisco. No. So so again, if they gave Aaron Rodgers another deep threat or a threat like an Odell Beckham when they could have made that that trade for Odell Beckham or brought him in a free agency, Odell Beckham wanted a certain amount of money. They could have found a way to give Odell Beckham the five. Odell Beckham got seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. He could they could have given him a million dollars and they would have taken that would have been perfect for Odell. He would have went out there. And Odell would have definitely brought them over the top. Odell Beckham brought the Rams over the top. That would have been the perfect fit for the Green Bay Packers. And that would have made Aaron Rodgers even more happy. That would have made him happy. They could have, and Aaron Rodgers would have had a chance to win a Super Bowl. If he won a Super Bowl, hey, you know what? You help me out. I'll help you out. I'll stay here. I'll stay here and, and keep winning here or being the quarterback. Of the field. Pretty much on that MVP, you know, that speech was goodbye. That, that's what it sounded like. It didn't sound anything like uh, I'll be back next year. It, it had nothing to do with it. As a matter of fact, he made jokes when they were saying that he's uh, they were the who was hosting the show. He was making jokes uh, even even when Peyton was there and Eli was there. They're making jokes where where's Aaron going? Where's he going? I mean, he, he's he's not staying with the Green Bay Packers. Does Peyton, does Peyton on stage hint he's going to the Broncos? <laughs> No, but I'm sure he'll be talking to him. I'm sure he'll reach out to him and try to talk him into going uh, to the Broncos, as well as John Elway and and all the great quarterbacks. Whatever, whatever new ownership group comes into, yeah. this guy's Jeff Bezos bidding, the, bidding like, to buy the team. Let's, Jeff Bezos. I think that's what Jeff. Up, yeah, I think that'll end up being that too with the money he has. I mean, just think about it. And I, four billion dollars. What's four billion dollars to Jeff Bezos? It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. 
Okay, that's pennies to, to him and a lot, to, obviously. Uh, if I had a $4 billion, I would never have to worry about families, families, families. Won't have to worry about money ever again. But uh, that's that's a whole other story here. Um, but, uh, I mean, the, the quarterback options are so open this offseason. And like I said, um, everybody keeps saying that the, the Rams are going to run it through again and they maybe they re-sign Odell Beckham. I, listen. If the Rams somehow negotiate a deal with Odell, now that Odell Beckham hurt his knee, right. I, Odell's not playing next year. No matter what, he's not playing. Maybe in the playoffs, somehow he can get back. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. They could get him at a discount because of that. That's right. So maybe they re-sign him and say, listen, Odell, we're going to sign you. You're gonna, we're going to pay you for the whole season that you're going to be out. We'll give you $5 million or $4 million for you being out. And you have to promise us that you sign a two-year deal where when you come back, you play a full season. And that's and that's pretty much Odell Beckham's career because how old is Odell? 30? Mm-hmm. 31? He'll be out? 32. He'll be 32 years old. So he'll be on the borderline of his career, you know? So he won his Super Bowl. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Is no. he going to be a Hall of Famer? Injuries. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't want to yeah. hear it from anybody on this fucking list, excuse my language, <laughs> that he is a Hall of Famer. He's not. Odell Beckham is not going to be a whole. Yeah, too many injuries the last five years, really. I mean, it's every, it seems like every year now, even if they're minor. And Doesn't have like, the numbers. Yeah, because of that, the, those kind of things hurt, really hurt his development to really improve. What's he have 6,000 yards? To really improve off of the first three years in the league where he was that dynamic guy. Really, since the injuries have come, you really definitely saw regression in as a just a, a speed guy, a quickness guy off the line of scrimmage. Not that he's not still reliable. It's fantastic. But he's, but he's fantastic not going to be player. in the Hall of Fame level. No. Like he was his first three years of his career. The first injury with the Giants, kind of like what you saw in the Super Bowl this year, how he went down this year. Eli Manning kind of threw it behind him and had to adjust from that. Never was the same in that 2018 season after that. Then 2019, he goes to the Browns. He plays all right his first year, but again, a lot of that was Baker in the offensive line, too, being terrible and Freddie Kitchens and all that stuff. But still, he didn't play to that level. 2020, he gets hurt. This year, he comes back. He doesn't look good when he's on the field and never gets thrown to. Then he goes to the Rams. So again, it's just too wacky of a trajectory to judge Hall of Fame level. He's really going to need to make up for with like five more dominant years in order to do that, and that's going to be very hard at that age. It, it's so crazy when, when you look at Odell Beckham's career, and even Saquon Barkley. Remember when Saquon came into the league? And these were both Giants. Saquon came into the league and, and the Giants were so excited because Odell Beckham was gone, and they needed the, they needed that guy, to, the next guy to take over as a superstar. And then Saquon and I told every Giant fan when they brought him in, I just think they drafted him too high, especially when they're, they weren't a running back away from winning a Super Bowl. And, it, and his knee went out after, what, his third year of his, his career. And he has not been the same. He, and, and the same thing happened to Odell Beckham. Same thing happened to Odell. His knee went out, and he wasn't the same player. And, 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 and that's the thing. And Odell Beckham, well, you know, obviously he was a big part you know, in the first half of the Super Bowl, and, and everybody's going to say he could have won the MVP. We heard what Trey said, and I, I, I'll admit it. He had a great game until he got hurt. The two receptions were fantastic. He played great. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. And now, with Odell Beckham being that he needs to clean up and, and, and fix his knee again, it's going to take a little while for him to get back on the field, especially tearing his ACL on the same knee again. He, he'll never be the same player again. So. Right. I mean, he's he's borderline, and I I, I listen to the L.A. Rams. Uh, if we bring back if we bring back Odell Beckham, we have Odell Beckham, we have Cooper Cup, we have Jefferson, and there's another guy. Robert Woods comes back. Woods this coming year back too. next yeah. year too. So you have a four headed monster. That's great. Odell Beckham, if he plays next year, it will be in the playoffs. And who's to say the Rams make the playoffs next year? 
Who's the I mean, there's that? not a lot of great NFC teams, so they probably should at least make the playoffs. Whether they win the division or not is another question because that division's very good. But the, the NFC South, there's really not a lot of great teams. NFC North, outside, Minnesota's decent. Green Bay, we'll see if they keep Aaron Rodgers and what ends up happening there. And the NFC East, we know, is uh, uh, not great either. So they yeah. probably should at least make the playoffs. <laughs> And Kirk Cousins will be available, too, this offseason. So that is another quarterback that could play in this league that is very, very good. And also, Jared Goff, uh, he had a good season. And Carson Wentz, there are quarterbacks. There are good quarterbacks. Uh, Say whatever you want. Indianapolis, maybe they don't believe in Carson Wentz. Maybe, uh, you know, being that this is Frank Wright's uh, year that he has to prove himself and win and get this team in the playoffs, maybe he can't trust that Carson Wentz is going to take him to the promised land. So they got to decide. Maybe it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe you, you decide Jimmy's been there before. He's won there before. Uh, he's He's been to the Super Bowl. Maybe, uh, you know, bringing Jimmy in instead of Carson Wentz might be even a smarter move for them. But remember, Carson Wentz, you gave up picks for. You, so you, you're walking away from a guy that you gave away future picks for where you could have used that to draft a quarterback. So uh, losing Carson Wentz and just walking away from Carson Wentz, I think, really sets them back, Speedy. Yeah, you wonder, too, if maybe they're another team that maybe could take that big swing because they have money. The Colts have always had money, always top 10 salary cap, and they never spend it. The Chris Ballard built a nice roster gotten some good gems, and then sometimes the free agency is cheap. So maybe the Colts have that money to try to make use Carson Wentz as a package for maybe get a bigger swing, too. I'm not, I don't know if they necessarily have enough for a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers just because of the lack of draft capital, but they might have enough to at least upgrade where they can get a serviceable quarterback. Maybe they're the team that goes after a, a guy like Kirk Cousins, and then the Vikings bring in Wentz as a backup or something like that or trade him to another team, buy him out, whatever. Because the Colts... Now losing Eberflus as their defensive coordinator. They lost Sirianni last year as their offensive coordinator. They're starting to lose some coaches, too. So they're really going to have to expand their passing game in another way. And Carson Wentz was more efficient in certain than his previous years outside of his MVP year under Reich. But still, how much can that help uh, still a notoriously turnover-prone quarterback, a guy that struggles in the fourth quarter throughout his career, when the Colts are a team that has some talent on this roster that can win, and a division outside of the Titans is very weak. So they might have to take that kind of swing where see what's available, try to upgrade. Again, I don't know with the draft capital, they have enough for a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers, but even if their values fall later, maybe if they don't get traded right away, maybe even that's an option for them too. It's so funny and it's so interesting when you talk about the opening and the positioning of where these quarterbacks can really transition, where the league falls next year and what the power of each division is going to be. I mean, these quarterbacks can absolutely transition and change that. I mean, you talk about Aaron Rodgers. Could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers uh, gets into the same division as Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert? Tell me that 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 quarterback class. And imagine Aaron Rodgers have to play Justin Herbert twice a year. That has to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Derek Carr twice a year. And they all have to play Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Could you imagine that? That 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 arguably is the best division of quarterbacks we've seen in such a long time. I can't even remember the last time you have four top end quarterbacks in the same division. Yeah, not not many times. You def- definitely not many times you see that, especially so young all at once too, with Mahomes and Herbert as well. So you're, Derek Carr's he's not old, he's not young, but he's he's in the prime of his old. career. Thirty years in old. the prime of his career, still very good. And then Aaron Rodgers, MVP. obviously MVP. So you're you're you're. 
yeah, that not that extreme all at once that I can remember. I mean, the NFC South had certain years where you had Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan all at once, but it, the Tampa Bay never had a good quarterback. So there's always that one team that's missing usually, even in certain years with the NFC North too. It was always Rodgers and Stafford. And Minnesota had certain years where they had good quarterbacks with Favre there and now with Cousins there, but then it was always Chicago missing a quarterback. Or when Chicago had Cutler, it was always Minnesota missing a quarterback. And there's so. a transition of power because, again, you're bringing in new coaches and, and new strategies. I, I mean, Josh, Josh McDaniels, as much as I hear Jeff tell me that Josh McDaniels has been a bust as a head coach, he only had really one and a half years with the Broncos. Maybe his second time around with the, Oak, with the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, maybe he's a different coach. Maybe he, uh, he's learned his lesson being with the Patriots this, uh, this little bit of time or this last past seven years, six years since he hasn't coached. I think this is going to benefit the, the Las Vegas Raiders bringing in Josh McDaniels if they have the right pieces around him. And I think they will. If it's not Derek Carr, there's a lot of quarterbacks this offseason that you can maneuver where you could bring in the guy that you really like. And you still have Darren Waller there. You still have some weapons there, especially with all the mishaps this offseason. I, I mean, I mean this regular season where you lost your your, your young wide receiver because he got into a car accident and, and killed uh, killed a person, or even some of your your corners that have been in trouble with guns and speculations and doing other stupid things. I mean, the Las Vegas Raiders say whatever you want. They made the freaking playoffs with all the problems and the mishaps they've had. So this team is on a borderline of being a, a dominant force moving forward. They just need the right players to help them move forward. And maybe Josh McDaniels' thoughts and his his way of coaching is going to take them to the next level. I wonder that you wonder, though, at this point with this league now trying a lot of new coaches, trying a lot of new innovative concepts, how much you can go longer with retreads, though, too. So if they're if they're going to bring in Josh McDaniels, maybe as a st- stabilization guy, you would hope that he could do improve some kind of leadership the second stint. But still, coaching with a 10 years apart is still going to be very hard to try to adjust that kind of thing. John Gruden did it pretty well. I, I wouldn't say he had a bad, obviously what he did was bad, yep. but mm-hmm. as a co- football coach, I wouldn't say his tenure with the Raiders was bad. There were some bad collapses in the second half, okay, but I think I think Mayock was really more of the problem with a lot of the bad drafts that he had, right. more than Gruden mm-hmm. was. That, that 2018 and 2020 draft were especially bad. 2019 was okay for the Raiders. Right. They brought in Jacobs, they brought in uh, Max Crosby, who's a nice young pass rusher for them, but beyond that, they really didn't have much of that. I, this year's draft where a lot of people were saying the Raiders were one of the worst, too. So I think Gruden still made that team at least somewhat competitive where I don't know if they would have made the playoffs too still there regardless or not, but still they could have been a five 11 team very easily too. And the Chicago bears is another team with bringing in Aberflus, uh obviously Justin Fields. They need to build around that young quarterback. Do they decide, Hey, you know what? Maybe Justin Fields isn't the guy. Maybe we could trade Justin and a bunch of picks to bring in a Russell Wilson. Do we bring, maybe we can, you know, we could bring in the guy that says uh, he's the daddy of the Chicago Bears, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers. Could you imagine <laughs> oh, Aaron that... Rodgers going to Chicago and the, helping him win a Super Bowl? The Packers lose Brett Favre to the Vikings. Could you eventually. imagine that? Then they lose Aaron Rodgers to the Bears. That'd be funny. I, I mean, seriously. I mean, anything's possible. We've seen crazier things. So, uh, again, I'm not saying that's going to happen. but uh, No, but it would be funny. It would be funny. But I, I think that the Bears are, are – re- they're, they're a team that's ready to win now. I think they, they need a couple of pieces. they got to decide what they're doing with Robinson. Obviously, they're probably going to let him go to free agency. And there'll be teams absolutely in line getting, you know, offering him the money because how many wide receivers that are top-end wide receivers that become available at his age in the prime of his career? I mean, not many. I mean, so I think he's going to get paid uh, in the open market pretty, 
pretty uh, valuably. So mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think there's so much that's going to happen this offseason, and very quickly because um, obviously free agency opens up, I think, in three weeks. Yeah, it's usually like mid-March, like March 16th or something like that. Yeah, so it, it, I guess you could say it's, it's, if it's a month. It's a month away where it opens up. So it's the 16th today. So it, it, it's a, exactly a month away where we're going to be talking about free agency and where these teams get better. And, and what these teams are going to do to make themselves a better organization, a better team. And then we're going to see some players getting dropped in, in the next week or so. Right. Because... Atlanta already cut Dante Fowler, too. So Not surprised. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I could tell that wasn't going to work there. He's, I've, I've always thought he was more of a product of having good talent around him and kind of overrated throughout his career anyway. But mm. it's still a speed rusher that people could do. But, yeah, there's definitely going to be cuts like that with defensive players. We saw – we saw the Vikings do it a lot the last two off seasons trying to shed cap. The Saints are definitely going to have to do it this year, too, with them being behind the cap. They're going to probably have to cut some of their front seven players. Uh, Williams is going to be a, Marcus Williams is going to be a free agent, too, so they're, they're not going to be able to re-sign Looks him. Looks like Anthony's, Anthony Davis Yeah, is I saw the injury. It, it didn't look good. He, 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 Looks his, like a his, knee. His leg got twisted up somehow. Looks like a knee. Um, if they lose Anthony Davis for the rest of the season in the playoffs, I would say they're as good as done. So imagine the Lakers not in the playoffs. That'd be something. Mm. Well, LeBron, uh, you know, maybe he pushes himself out of Lakeland Land, Lakerland. I mean, seriously. I mean, if if <laughs> he goes back to Cleveland for another run, <laughs> I wouldn't say Cleveland. He'll go to a better team. He'll go to a team where he can win. I mean, Dallas. Could you imagine him in Dallas? Him, mm. Luka Doncic. I mean, with those players, why not? I mean, he would fit there. I mean, playing for Mark Cuban, a multi-billionaire. He's a multi. That's I mean, true. LeBron's yeah. closest to, to a multi-billionaire. I think. It no, would I know be. that that might make sense to maybe work with another millionaire. At least not even uh, just for the basketball stuff. There's even. The, I mean, I don't know if he's going to lose L- leave L.A. because his business is in L.A. Right. And his son's over there, but now his son's going to be going to play play college after this year. So he might play for Duke. I'm, I'm hearing that the Duke Bulldogs are heavily after him. So if he goes to Duke. I mean, Duke is where? North Carolina? I mean, why would he stay in L.A.? You know, I know his business is there. He can go somewhere else and do what he did when he was over there in Cleveland. He flew back and forth to L.A. and New York. You're going to miss Coach K by a year, Bronny. (laughs) Well, I know. He's going to go to a terrible young coach. Oh, don't just tell that to Carl. That's his guy. Yeah, well, good for Carl because I – I think he's going to be an absolute bust. That's just me. That's all we're going to switch your allegiance of college basketball no. like Mikey C did with football. No, I don't do that. I'm a Duke fan through and through. I just don't, I don't like the, the choices that they've made. Uh, let's go to a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll get into this Matt Harvey situation, and we'll get into some basketball and all the stuff going on in the other side of sports. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. This was for Christian Okoye, but he since he hasn't joined us. Speedy's mommy is my girl now. Jeff is beating Tyler in the frown. I'm gonna tell you, Trey Odell Beckham. Is not going to be a Packer ever again. But I'm telling you, I'm not Matthew Stafford. I'm throwing touchdowns and winning Super Bowls. Chicago Bears want Aaron Rodgers. They don't win for crap. And they have Justin Fields. Yeah, there we go. I like it. I love it. 
631-672-3108 is the number to call. We are the sports loudmouths. Oh, I like this soup. Freeloading here. I love it. Uh, remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I don't know what happened to Christian Okoye. I, I, we've had, uh, you know, listen, I want to thank Mike Hollis for joining us, but uh, I, I don't know what's going on. I, 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 Christian absolutely promised us he was going to join us today. And uh, another day where we have not gotten our guy. Speedy, what's going on over here? I don't know. Maybe what is going maybe, on? Maybe he's trying to play some uh, some su- go seek? surprise appearance on us. Maybe he'll, he'll, he'll join randomly at like 1140 or something. Maybe he thought tomorrow? Maybe. No, he said Wednesday. I don't know. Unless he mixed up his day. Maybe he thought today was Tuesday. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, it, it's And you, you actually sent him messages? Uh, I sent him like 10 messages. I even, like, even said 10 p.m. Eastern time is perfect. Maybe Text messages you sent him? Uh, Twitter messages. Uh, and, and don't an go email overboard. Too. Don't go overboard, man. You, you don't want to scare him away. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to answer us now. <laughs> After all those messages, did he, did he read them? Did you check if he read them? I don't know. The check marks on Twitter, so maybe it was sent. I don't know if I don't know how to say seen or not, like a text message. Is there a check mark around his? There's hand? a check. There's a check mark wrong every message. <laughs> so that means he's seen it. Maybe I don't know. I don't know, sir. Uh, what did you write to him? That you I just say come into the feed. We'll go to a quick break and then transition to the interview. <laughs> uh, that's all you said. I thought you said ten messages. Yeah, I just copied and pasted the same one, but. <laughs> Well, I I don't know what's going on with Christian Okoye, but uh, you know this this happens. Uh, maybe uh, we'll reach out to him tomorrow. Or something. I'll just send him tomorrow's invite. Maybe uh, he'll just come in randomly. <laughs> oh man, it's a shame because I like Christian Okoye. Uh, are we get who do we have tomorrow? Uh, Jimmy Smith. Time not confirmed yet from our wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he did say he was coming in tomorrow. He did say he was coming in. He just didn't give me a set time yet, so I was waiting on that. Just tell him to pick between 9 and 12, and then, then yeah. that's it. But uh, hopefully we get Jimmy Smith on, because that would be great, getting Jimmy on. And then uh, next week, uh, Ben, you'll like this one. Uh, we got former Packers, Panthers, and Seahawks left guard Mike Whale, who will be joining us next week, Wednesday at 10 p.m. There you go. So uh, hopefully we'll get more um, as we move forward. Uh, I again, I, w- I would have liked Christian Okoye. It really would have been cool. Uh, what's going on with Nithin? Is Nithin coming in? <laughs> All right, Nithin, I'll send you. I'll send you one. I, I didn't hear. I I don't know if Nithin even knows to come in. So I didn't see him in the comments. So. Uh, he did. He come. He came in earlier, and he said, "Did we reach out to Katie?" And I said, "Yes, we did." But uh, we we're still. Did you hear from Katie today? No, I, I didn't deal with that yet because I was trying to deal with oh. a lot of the other stuff. But well, she'll, we'll get her next week. Yeah, Chris, I'm looking to, uh, I'm looking to get Christian on the show. I, because it, now it's kind of like you know, it, it's a shame that we haven't really. It, we've been working on trying to get this guy on, and he said yes. He was so, you know, so he seems so apologetic. Yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we lost him again. <laughs> Again, who knows? Maybe his tablet died. Who knows? Well, who knows? Uh, why don't we get into? Um, this uh, Matt Harvey situation. Speedy, you are a Met fan. Your thoughts to the Matt Harvey uh, story that came out. Uh, he obviously was in the court uh, courtroom when uh, uh, Kay is obviously probably going to go to jail, uh, yeah. depending on how long they're going to sentence him because uh, he was the one that gave, uh, what's his name again? Uh, drugs. Tyler Skaggs. Tyler yeah. Skaggs uh, drugs. 
Uh, there are stories coming out that Matt Harvey was another one. I'm surprised Matt Harvey's not going to jail for this. I mean, he could. I mean, he was giving him on the side too. They were saying, oh, no, he they, he probably signed uh, signed uh, uh, you know something to to be one of the speakers there that he's not going to get in trouble. He's not going to jail. Well, again, the, the, he was also he's not being prosecuted. It, it seemed like it seemed like he was also taking them in addition to what Eric K was giving them too. Because Eric K also gave it to a couple other players too. Cam Bedrosian, who's a relief pitcher, CJ Crone, their former first baseman, who I believe is now with the Rockies, and obviously Tyler Skaggs, who ended up going on the overdose because of that and ended up passing away, unfortunately, the way he did in uh in twenty nineteen. So but Matt Harvey it was coming out that he was using these drugs in the lock in the in the locker room, in the clubhouse, in the dugout, even just behind the scenes too when he wasn't pitching. And that could have been traced from even going further back. We saw we know all the issues he had with the Mets too between the organization and the off field issues he had uh with with that and how he really fell off as a pitcher and just really the New York spotlight couldn't handle it, but then he bounced around in a bunch of other teams, looked okay for a while with Cincinnati, uh, did have some decent stretches with the Orioles at certain points where he had a couple good starts, and then all of a sudden goes to the Angels, and with the Angels, just it seemed like that kind of thing you could be fixed with the with it being more of a laid back culture. You got Mike Sosha there, Mike Trout there, and just then never went away for him. But if it if, some of the drugs were administered from Eric K. I don't know how much they were initially forcing him, but there was also, I think, some kind of individual value with Harvey. That definitely isn't isn't surprising. I'm not saying he's going to be the main guy prosecuted. K is definitely going to be that, but it still definitely looks bad when he was taking the other drugs. I don't think Matt Harvey's going to get in trouble. I, I think obviously he was asked to speak, and and for speaking that he won't be prosecuted by anybody. But uh, you know, and by the way, uh, Ben says Larry Fitzgerald says he's done with football but won't file retirement paperwork yet. So that means he might not be done. Who knows? Maybe he is. Maybe he's just waiting for the perfect time. But I, I, I still feel like he could go to the Vikings because he grew up there. He was actually a Vikings ball boy as a kid. Maybe he could go there as a tight end or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. Career. I doubt it. But, I mean, this Harvey thing, he was given immunity. Yes, I, I agree with you, Jeff. He was given immunity. But I think when you look at Matt Harvey – and, and Matt Harvey's career, I mean, Matt Harvey was the dark knight here and uh, was a superstar. He was dating, obviously, supermodels. What do supermodels like to do? I mean, they like to sniff cocaine, smoke drugs, and drink. That's what they like. And Matt Harvey was the superstar, young pitcher, fancy pants. In you know, obviously, in the major leagues, he was that star. And, yeah, obviously, the limelight didn't work for him. I mean, he had the fans had problems with him on and off the field, when he wasn't producing in certain aspects of the game, uh, they had their own thoughts to him. I, I mean, I feel bad for Matt Harvey, in a sense, because, yeah, he had that uh, awkward surgery for his ribs, and his, you know, obviously he had to have half his ribs or his, his top ribs taken out, and he hasn't been the same pitcher, and, and he was supposed to, you know, he could have taken that $100 million that the Mets offered him, uh, he he was thinking that he was going to get two hundred or two hundred and fifty million before his hip went and his shoulder went and all that other stuff. I mean, not his hip, but his his ribs. But I think, you know, when when you have those and that many injuries, and you're trying to, you know, believe. Like, listen, I I had neck surgery recently. I had hip surgery. Uh, you know, obviously, you're supposed to take what you're supposed to take. Your doctor prescribes you something. You take it, you know, at your own risk. You take it for what the doctor tells you. Some players, you know, they feel like without that, they can't move forward. They can't do the things 
you know, take away the pain that is, you know, the agony. Or maybe they think that there's pain there when it's not. Okay? And, and Matt Harvey, you know, listen, some people lie to drugs and, and fall to drugs because they think that's the only way they can actually be a normal person. Now, uh, if you listen to, um, you know, uh, what's his name again? A play for the Giants, the pass rusher, um, I'm sorry. Um, from the 80s, I'm sorry, the big one. Um, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 having, uh, I'm having acid reflux. Um, Lawrence Taylor. Now, I think Lawrence Taylor would have been a great player, no matter what. Cocaine or no cocaine, Lawrence Taylor was a superstar. But would Lawrence Taylor be the player he was if he wasn't sniffing an eight ball in the, first, in the second half of the game? Right. Was Lawrence Taylor going to be the beast of a man that he became with, you know, with the eight ball or cocaine that he was sniffing? I don't know. I, I I don't know what it can can do to you playing a sport at a top level. Now, obviously, it helped him because uh, he, he was a, one of the greatest pass rushers to ever play the game, mm-hmm. and he was mean, he was rough, and he was tough. When you when you when you depend on a drug and you put yourself in a position, uh, and you're playing a position in the league where you're you're the you know at one point you were the most dominant pitcher or the top ten dominant pitchers in baseball. And you lose that, and you're trying to get back to where you were, and you feel like that, that the drug or that, you know, being that you're coming back from, you know, a bad injury, that that drug can get you to that next level or back to that next level, you're going to do it. Steroids is one of them. Mm-hmm. You think, you, you think Alex Rodriguez, when he started doing steroids, he, and I'll say this again, David Wells spinning no hitters. A- absolutely. That arrow and uh, pit pitching coach Jerry Oaks got to see. I'm sorry? <laughs> that you and uh, pit pitching coach Jerry Oaks, your birthday twin, got to see. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at steroids, steroids has run, ruined the sport. Absolutely has. But it's there. And it's been there. Alex Rodriguez. If Alex Rodriguez didn't do steroids, would Alex Rodriguez be the same player he once was? I think he'd be close, but he's, he wouldn't be the player that he is. I mean, same thing with David Ortiz, right? Manny Ramirez. We can name a bunch of them. Barry Bonds. He was still a great player, right. but he, he wouldn't be uh, eight hundred, almost eight hundred home runs. Barry Bonds. No, he probably still had five hundred fifty something. Though, Roger imagine. Clemens was a great pitcher. Would Roger Clemens be the dominant force that he was later in his career? Probably not. Okay, steroids help players. Certain drugs help certain players. Maybe hide away the deficiencies that you think that you are as a player. And now even so, look at all the different random players that are getting caught now that aren't even that aren't isn't even showing in their like physical build. They don't even look that much bigger. Guys like D Gordon got suspended for all of all people. One of the leanest guys, not the leanest guy we've seen in baseball. So they're finding ways of hiding him now and all these random ones. Look at all the random stuff Robinson Cano got caught for. Painkillers don't give you a boost. Doesn't give you more power. Um, it, it doesn't give you that ultimate feeling when you're sniffing cocaine, where you can run through, a, you know, through a wall. Okay, it doesn't do that. What obviously painkillers do, it, it takes away certain, you know, pain and 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 dealing with. Certain pain coming from your leg, your foot, your arm, your, your elbow, you know, maybe, you know, all that other stuff. And if you take enough of them, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like, hey, you know, I could go out, you know, on a pitching mound. Nothing's going to hurt me because I'm 
painless. So, listen, I don't know what Matt Harvey was doing and how much he was doing and and what else he was doing besides taking painkillers. But Tyler Skaggs, uh, I mean, obviously, he was mixing things, uh, drinking on, you know, obviously painkillers. That doesn't help the situation uh, of the positional player that he was. I, unfortunately, they you know baseball lost a life because of this. Right. Now somebody's going to have to pay for it because the family is not going to l- let uh, these players or this particular coach get away with obviously losing a son because of it. Now Tyler Skaggs is his own person. Nobody forced drugs on Tyler Skagg. Tyler Skagg was looking for it. Kay was giving it to him. Matt Harvey was looking for it. A doctor was giving it to him. Or somebody else was giving it to him. Nothing was forced down his nose. The stories coming out that Tyler Skagg was, you know, in the bathroom, you know, sniffing, you know, Oxycontins on, you right. know, toilet paper top. You know what I mean? Sniffing, you know, sniffing on, on uh, the back end of a toilet bowl. All right? Nobody told Tyler Skagg to do that. Tyler Skagg did it. Does that make it right? No. But to sit here and say, you know, the coach, one of the coaches that were, were supposed to protect the players, like a father, and that's why when you see the position and, 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 and the position you are as a professional, you know, a professional coach taking, taking care of professional athletes, can sit here and, and just prescribe or give drugs when he is not a doctor, to me, that's uncalled for, and it's illegal. Yeah. And again, you wonder, too, how many more players that were, were on that Angels team got it more. They just listed Crone, Bedrosi, and Matt Harvey and Tyler Skaggs, but who knows? There could be a lot more. And also, on the other hand, too, where there are other guys covering it up, too, that my that the Angels might have been able to keep their guys healthy because now they still have a lot of trouble with that as it is. They have a lot of injury-prone players, and now even so, even somebody as good as Mike Trout, who was never really injury-prone, now has been injury-prone the last two years, too. But where does where that kind of thing cover things up? We talk about all these assistant coaches that have been caught in college football for doing certain things, and the head coach takes the, ends up Speedy, taking the fall for you, that kind of you, thing. You sent too many messages to this guy. I tried. You sent too many messages to this guy, and he didn't look at it. Uh, because it would be a blue check mark. Yes, use your head. He didn't. He didn't see come into the feed uh, from nine fifty five. It would be blue. If you notice at seven twelve, it's blue. So no, he didn't read them. But I don't know why you sent all these messages. If I was a professional athlete, I wouldn't be happy with that. Next time, do not do that. That scares away people. Uh, Carl says no story ever ended great when Booger Sugar was involved. Well, yeah. Who the hell's Booger? Oh, oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. So, but even so, like, I, there there could be more attached cases to this kind of thing. Where if this coach inflicted more on it, if somebody like Mike Sosha was helping him cover up, or any of the assistant coaches, I'm not sure. But hopefully, it didn't get to that kind of extreme. Because you're right. I, from what we were hearing at the time of Skaggs's death, it didn't seem like they were being forced upon him. But an overdose is still an overdose where it could have gone to extreme measures. And if Matt Harvey was giving them the drugs, even so, even they're, they're taking them, if Eric Kay noticed there was something going on with Skaggs, what was he still giving him more? And again, it's not going to go to the most extreme circumstances with that kind of thing. Um, yes, Carl, Mike Trout was was relatively healthy. He had one injury-prone season in 2016, or 2015, before the last two years. He was healthy. He was pretty healthy, Carl. But 
Nobody plays a full season, Carl. <laughs> but regardless, I don't think it went to those extreme circumstances, but if there's anyone that's going to get the fall for it, it's going to be that assistant coach most of all. It's just, again, Matt Harvey, incur- not encouraging it, but still giving it a little more on the side even from all these other doctors for what he was taking. It definitely still is something that's going to be suspected a lot more out of him too. And we'll see what ends up happening. We are talking to former Chiefs All-Pro running back Christian Okoye. What's going oh, on, Christian? Man. <laughs> I apologize, guys, man. What are you apologizing I, I had, for? I, I had to go to the hospital and pick up my sister, so oh. she was sick. Oh, sorry yeah. to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, Speedy sent you a million messages. I'm like, dude, dude, if I was <laughs> if I was Christian Okoye and I saw all those messages, I'd be like, damn this, I'm not coming on that show. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I missed it before, so I had to come on, man. I, I hope it's, I was praying that you guys are not done yet. No, we're here. We're here to twelve o'clock. We really appreciate you joining us. Uh, as you guys know, we are talking to former Chiefs All Pro running back Christian Okoye. Uh, obviously, uh, b- by the way, I hope everything's going going well with your family. Uh, you just said. Uh, that you picked up your sister from the hospital. I, I, I just hope the best. I mean, crazy things. I, by the way, I know you went to the Super Bowl. We'll get into that a little bit in, in just a few moments. Uh, but how are you? How's, how's um, I guess, married life? Or just after, you know, playing professional football, just living life after football? What, are you, what have you been doing? Uh, what's moving? What, what have you been doing moving forward after your career? I've been I've been staying busy, you know. Um, uh, for the record, I'm single. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Okay, there you go. Yeah, no, no ring, right. no I ring. Three, I I have three kids. They're doing great. Um, I have uh, I'm retired and I run two nonprofit organizations. Uh, one is the California Sports Hall of Fame, which takes most of my time, and then uh, my uh, my charity for children, the Christian Okoye Foundation. Uh, which I started since 1990, so that, that that's going well. Um, I've moved some of it back to Nigeria and um, wanted to start helping kids out there, just like I do out here. So they're they're all going well, man. As everybody knows, we are talking to former Chiefs All-Pro running back Christian Okoye, the Nigerian Nightmare, where that name has started to fly to other sports, a.k.a. the UFC. There's a Nigerian uh, Nightmare over there. I mean, you become uh, a star. That name has really just adapted on all different levels. How did you get that name? Who gave you that name uh, in your career as a a top-end running back? Well, it's a unique name, and it's one of those that you never forget, of course. Um, it was given to me by my teammates in Kansas City. Um, we were watching films one day, uh, my rookie year, and uh, our former quarterback, Bill Kenny, says, man, look at that dude, Ron. It's like a nightmare. And then Irv Eatman, who went to UCLA, big guy, very athletic, says, uh, that's a Nigerian nightmare right there. So that's how he picked up, and uh, ESPN picked it up. So you growing up in Nigeria, how did you get into football? It's not really as well-known. It's getting a little more now, more more known in certain African countries. But how did you get into football? Were there other sports that you got into first and then uh, influenced you a little more? And like, what was your journey like just growing up and getting into it? My friends talked to me to football uh, when I wasn't – to represent Nigeria in, uh, in, in the Olympics in 84. 
So I was a track and field buff. I mean, I love track and field. That's what I did. That's the reason why I came to America to go to school here. Um, so I decided, okay, I'm going to listen to my friends. I'm going to try football. And that's uh, what happened. And uh, even though I didn't like the game, uh, right from the get-go, I, 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 um, I stuck on it. And I, you know, with the encouragement of my friends and my coaches in college, uh, I stayed with it. And uh, after three years, I found myself in the NFL with the Chiefs uh, drafting me in the second round. As everybody knows, we are talking to former Chiefs All-Pro running back Christian Okoye. Now, Christian, I mean, the running back is uh, a position where you get beat up. I mean, out of all the positions yeah. you could pick, I mean, obviously you want to dish it out. You could be, you were bigger, you were big enough to play a linebacker position. You were big enough to possibly even play a defensive end. The power and the ability and the agility that you have with the speed that you have. What made you? Being that you were a late bloomer, what made you decide to play as a running back? Well, right from the get-go, when I was trying to uh, join my school football team to play football, I didn't know any position. Uh, when I walked into the football coach's office, I said, Coach, I want to play football. He said, okay, well, uh, what position do you want to play? I, I said, well, um, I'm not really sure. Um, I told him, I said, I saw a highlight on the, on the news the other day. And they showed uh, Marcus Allen, you know, reversing the field and running. It was like uh, from Super Bowl against the Washington Redskins, Raiders playing against Washington Redskins at the time. And uh, I, I asked him, I said, who was that? And he says, well, that's Marcus Allen. I said, what position is that? He said, running back. I said, well, that's my position. That's where I want to play. <laughs> I would want to play that, too, if I was watching Marcus Allen, too. Fantastic <laughs> running back. And one of the nicest – I met Marcus Allen a couple of years ago at the Super Bowl uh, in Miami, and he was absolutely gracious and nice, nice guy. At an event I saw I saw him, he was great. It really was fantastic. Yeah, Marcus, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a friend now. And I told him – the first time I told him, I said, you know – I'm playing the running back position because you, you said, yeah, right. He kind of brushed me up, <laughs> you know. And for many years, he didn't believe me. And uh, uh, after he heard me several times talk about it on the interviews and stuff, and uh, he started believing, believing me. I think now he really believes me. <laughs> By the way, uh, while we're on the note of uh, you being from Nigeria, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, Prince Amukamaru used to play corner for the Giants. Is actually born to uh, Nigerian royalty, and his mother actually did run in the '84 Olympics as well. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I um, some of these Nigerians that are playing the NFL now, I kind of uh, made it a point to kind of study them and get to know them. Not really talk to them, but know who they are. Hmm. You know, so and that, there are many of them and many Africans playing the NFL today. Yeah. So uh, my, my question is, you're very involved with uh, your late great teammate, Derek Thomas, who's one of the best outside rushing pass rushers of all time. Rest in peace to him. Uh, but you're a big part of his foundation. So uh, what was your main goal in terms of getting this foundation really going with him and being supporting it? And what were some of the biggest memories you had with Derek Thomas as a teammate? Uh, Derek was a great athlete, as you know, and um, it's one of those guys that didn't like practices, but when the games come, uh, when the games come around, just wakes up and lights it up. During his rookie year, he was my roommate on the road. When we go on the road, he was my roommate. So we got to know each other very well. Lee Steinberg was his agent. So Lee and I became friends and still a friend till today. 
And uh, we often talk about Derek Thomas and uh, the foundation that he formed when he was alive was uh, it's called Third and Long. After his death over 20 years ago, uh, his friends, Neil Smith, buddy of his, decided he's going to keep it alive. And uh, we all, you know, help to keep it alive and uh, keep his dreams going. As everybody knows, we are talking to former Chiefs All-Pro running back Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. Now, Christian... Uh, obviously, uh, everything that's gone on over the last 10, 15 years of the NFL has has come to this point. Uh, Patrick Willis retires early. Calvin Johnson retires early. DeBrickashaw Ferguson retires early. All of the guys at, that have retired early have spoken about CTE. We've interviewed a lot of great ex-NFL players, and we have we talked to Jarvis Green last, uh, last week, and he talked about how he has uh, the first, I guess, the first level of, of CTE. When, when you hear about these stories and the way the NFL has handled this, I mean, obviously with the doctor, the movie, what did, what are your thoughts to what Roger Goodell has done and really pushing this, this situation, this big problem that the NFL has had over the last 10, 15 years to the side. Have you had any thoughts to this? Have you spoken about any of your thoughts to the CTE situation? You know, we talked about it a lot. I just got on the phone with Eric Dickerson, uh, who is a good friend of mine. Um, I tend to surround myself with great running backs, you know, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but uh, one of the greatest. I just got done, yeah, one of the greatest. And uh, uh, we talk about it a lot, you know. I mean, uh, uh, we athletes, we get scared, you know, when we get much older, what is going to happen to us? You see, so some of us go and see uh, uh, brain doctors to kind of figure out what's going on. I'm going right now to speak. I've been going through tests, taking MRI and, you know, um, in Orange County, seeing Dr. Shanko to figure out what kind of problems that I might be having or have already. But you have to do what you can to kind of, you know, figure out where you are, Mm -hmm. you know, because as you say, football is a very dangerous sport and the league hiding the dangers that we face playing the game and not even um, agreeing to what was going on and what has happened to a lot of players in the past who have died. Um, it's just something that kind of boggles my mind. And we just, we just got done talking about it with Eric. And uh, uh, it's just simple, simple thing. Just admit it and help these guys, help the players because they – promoted this game to where it's at today. And you guys are making a whole lot of money. You know, why don't you just, you know, find a way to, you know, help those who are having problems. Mm. So, you, yeah. yeah, you you actually played for an organization in the Chiefs that had a couple of those cases that have been recently. Uh, Larry Johnson was a running back that was complaining to the NFL a lot about CTE. Uh, Javon Belcher, the young linebacker who uh, allegedly committed suicide. Terrible. He was, a, it's, I think, a second-year player or something like that. And a lot of people were yeah. saying that it could be CTE-related. So, related to that, you, you see now in today's NFL, and the Chiefs do this a lot, too, with Andy Reid now coaching, and they rotate a lot. Running backs, receivers, a lot rotating on the field. Do you think CTE trying to protect them with the injuries and freshness has a lot to do with that too? Or do you think there's another reason for it in terms of why like the feature well, back is not the same? Well, the thing is that if they admit this problem, they're going to have to spend a whole lot of money treating guys and figuring, figuring out ways to, you know, uh, uh, avoid that or, or something, you know? So they're, 
in a way, I think they're just scared the amount of money they will be spending, you know, to get it right. Mm -hmm. That's all I think it is. Um, but they they are ignoring a lot. They are ignoring a lot, and it's not fair to the players. You know, it's not fair and simple. We just gotta simple giving the athletes, retired athletes, medical. It's not even on the table, and this is a game that. Um, that is the most dangerous sport out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. as a running back, I can tell you, man, I have many accidents on the football field every time I play. Mm-hmm. You know, if I carry the ball 30 times, that means I got hit about 90 times mm-hmm. to over 100 times because I'm a big guy, so I don't go down the first time. So second guy will hit me, third guy will hit me. So um, on mm-hmm. and on. So, I, I mean... It's one of those things that you have to uh, um, look at and, and, and do something about it if I was the owners. Well, I would also say this about the uh, the commissioner who makes deals and he's making $45 million a year. He's got a free jet. His family has benefits for life. He's got benefits for life. If he could get all this, why can't the players? And this is what bothers me about the NFL. And, and I, I know Roger Goodell and me, I've had my, my turn off with uh, our show and all the different executives and people that we've had from the NFL. I even went to the Super Bowl in Miami. And this is, this is a true story, Christian. I went to – and I had a problem getting into Radio Row uh, a couple of years ago. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to write a story about how disrespectful uh, the NFL are, not just to the media, but to people that work for them at the event. So I went and I, I purposely went to people that were working the event and asked them questions. Some of them didn't even want to answer me because they knew that I was right. And I, yeah. walked, up, I walked up to a lawyer. That works for the NFL, and she was she was sitting with her father, and I asked her a couple of questions. She says, "Who are you, and why are you asking these crazy questions?" And I say, <laughs> "I say just as much as just as much as you get paid for the NFL, why can't you ask her answer an easy question?" I asked her some yeah. silly questions, but she won't give me answers because you know what? She's on the pay grade of the NFL, and she knows that Roger Goodell is paying her and that she could lose her job, which I understand that. But Roger Goodell has not been right to the players. He has not been right to the league, and and, and for the league really stands for these NFL players you guys that have put your lives on the line for years and years and years committing and putting yourself in risk and you weren't and when you were playing you weren't making the money that these players Patrick Mahomes is making 500 million dollars I mean this is ridiculous (laughs) ridiculous and they have Junior Seahow which we 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 talked about last year with Jarvis Green and even with Mike Mike Hollis a a good friend of yours he knows who you are Mike Hollis was on the show today and he was talking about Junior Seahow how how these guys don't get uh, these guys were like the face of football, the generational type of players, yeah. and they don't get the respect that they deserve. And now they're gone, and they really can't speak for themselves because of what happened with them with CTE. Yeah, exactly. You're you're totally right. You're to- I played with Mike Webster. You guys know mm-hmm. the story, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Mike Webster. Yeah, mm-hmm. he came to Kansas City and played in Kansas City. Uh, finished his career in Kansas City after Pittsburgh. And uh, Junior Sayer, a great friend. I was with Junior Sayer two weeks before he killed himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he never he never thought that, would go, that was going to happen. I mean, great guy, a fun-loving type guy, you know. I mean, uh, shocking, just shocking mm-hmm. when I heard it. I was shocked. And uh, uh, 
and many other guys who, who are still having problems today. I mean, um, I, I'm just hoping and praying that, you know, I don't have any problems because I played it and I played it hard when I played. Mm-hmm. So, um, and NFL just need to wake up. And one more thing I have to say is uh, Roger Goodell mm-hmm. is, uh, is the fall guy. You know, you have to understand Roger is not going to do anything without the knowledge of the owners. Owners have to vote on every decision that he makes. And if they vote him down, then he doesn't have any say. People just have to realize that. Mm-hmm. The owners will allow things to happen. If they don't allow it, then it doesn't happen. Maybe it, it's not fully Roger Goodell, but uh, he still gets those contracts, man. He's still getting those $45 million. Hey, <laughs> I told him the other day, I said, hey, I'm going to come work for you. I'm going to come wash your plates and vacuum your house. You <laughs> <laughs> give me a little percentage of what you're making. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, Roger Goodell would rather just uh, have uh, have his kids do it before he before you or me do it for <laughs> Hey, charity begins at home, right? That's right. Allowance. Allowance. I'm going to give you a $1,000 allowance, kids. Do what you got to do. Oh, man. So uh, one of our fans actually has a very good question, uh, Carl. Is it crazy to believe that you are on these big-name football video games, most famously Tecmo Bowl back in the day when you were playing? Um, is it crazy to see yourself like that in a game like that's that popular? <laughs> Well, it is crazy, you know, because I'm from Nigeria, the poor family from Nigeria, and I never thought I was I was going to come to America. Uh, and being in a video game, are you kidding me? <laughs> Gosh, it's a, it's a blessing. And every time I go to my appearances and people bring one of those games for me to sign, uh, I'm like, wow, you know, they still remember me. How could you forget you? I mean... A, a running a, a running back that was like 260 pounds. I mean, just like LeBron James has changed the game of basketball, and you look at his size, six foot eight, 270, built like a rock. I mean, a guy runs yep. and jumps like a deer. I mean, <laughs> you changed the game of football. You changed the running back position. I mean, an all-pro running back, a beast of a man, run through second and third interior defensive players to get where you need to go. I mean, you changed the game. If you ask anybody, I've, I've sat and I talked to Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin tells me, you know, he told me when I said, who did you look up to when you watched the game? He mentioned Eric Dickerson. He made mentioned um, uh, Peyton and he, and he mentioned you. I mean, people yeah. that, you know, re dimensioned the position for what it is today. And, and, and even Adrian Peterson, who, uh, hopefully is is going to get out of the trouble that he you oh, know yeah. is in, which uh, is another crazy thing that's going on right now. Which I I think they're not pressing on him. The DA is not going to do anything to him. But it, it's just crazy what's going on in, in you know in the game of football. And which leads me to this question: Kansas City. Now uh, that game was unbelievable against Buffalo. Could could have been the greatest game we've ever watched uh, of yeah. all time in football. And I know you're a Kansas City guy, so you know what I'm talking about. And then they go, yeah. they go against the Bengals, and in the second half, Patrick Mahomes, who everybody says <laughs> is the next big superstar in a league, lays up a lousy goose egg in the second half. <laughs> and, yep. and young yep. Joe Burrow takes a Bengals team that had no business being there in the AFC title game, which, by the yep. way, McPherson says, oh, just watch. I'm going to kick this right to him. We're going to go right to the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts to Patrick Mahomes in the second half, 
for your Kansas City Chiefs? Man, we were all upset. I, we were confused, didn't know what to think, didn't know what to say. And I tell you, I was at the game over there, was sitting with the commissioner and the rest of them. And I tell you what, I was dumbfounded. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 we, we just went on vacation the second half. We just <laughs> went to sleep. I don't know what it was. I, I, I thought maybe players thought, okay, we're going to the Super Bowl once we were like, what, 21 to 3? And uh, they'd relaxed. They just, you know, gave it up. Well, maybe. But thank God he wasn't they, eating a hot dog like Mike, Mike, Mark Sanchez on the sidelines. Maybe he was doing that. Hey, the maybe chief, a hamburger or something. The, the Chiefs have the franchise history of the great of the greatest uh, Super Bowl uh, <laughs> halftime cigar and uh, and beer or whatever it was with uh, oh, with Len man. Dawson. <laughs> but I tell you what, though, man, this is a learning experience. So. Um, they have to just, you know, uh, snap it off next time because uh, that was really, really bad. Mm. And everybody saw it. So they just laid an egg in front of the whole world, mm. you know, and uh, especially after playing the, the way they played the, mm. the, the week before. How can you just come out and play the way you did? Mm. You know, it's my team and I have all the confidence in the world that they will be back. Well, I will say this. That division with the young quarterbacks that you have, you have Derek Carr in that division, you have Justin Herbert, and who's, who's to say you don't have Russell Wilson or even Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos next year, which could be a, a, a nasty way all the way to the playoffs next year because yeah. if you've got to deal with Aaron Rodgers twice a week, Justin Herbert twice, twice, twice in, uh, in the year, and then Derek Carr or maybe another quarterback. If, hey, jo- Josh McDaniel says, you know what, I don't want Derek Carr. I want Russell Wilson. I want Kyler Murray. He, he seems like available. That's who I want. I'm going to win a Super Bowl yeah. with that guy. I mean, I, I, you're talking about probably the best division of young quarterbacks we've, seen, we've ever seen you know, in the last yeah. 25 years. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm not. Worried, I'm not too worried about our division because we're still gonna win it next year. I don't. I don't care how young the quarterbacks are or the team are. Once they play in the division, we're gonna beat them all. Yeah, well, listen. I'm a Jet fan, and we're in the AFC. I want to see my team at least make the playoffs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, too. I'm Christian. Sorry. I'm just picturing you now with that. With, with you saying that with that uh, with that meme with the cigar uh, with the cigar <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> Herbert, Herbert, Berbert, whatever. Uh, Chiefs still win AFC West. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Christian. Thank you for making me feel even better as a Jet fan, okay? Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. You, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Trust me, I'm sorry, too. I'm going to be 40 years old. I wasn't even alive when they won a Super Bowl with Joe Namath. Joe Namath jinxed us. Thank you, Joey. Broadway nothing. You won your, your Hall of Fame. You didn't do anything for me. Hall of Fame. I met Joe Namath. You know what I said to Joe Namath the first time I met him? I was at an event, a concussion event, and we were talking. I was, he was waiting for his, his limo, and I'm standing outside, and I'm, my friend says, hey, that's Joe Namath. You didn't get a chance to interview him. So I walked up to him, and I, the first thing I said, hey, Joe Willie, is like, could you, could you please do something for me? And he says, what? Why the hell did you put a hex? Why did you put a devil on my team? We haven't done anything. We haven't won anything. Could you do something? He says, what do you want me to do? We don't have a quarterback. This was before Mark Sanchez. And then he says, well, you know, look on the bright side. You know, Rex, you know, know, you might have Rex. You might have this. 
And I said, and to this day, I saw Joe Namath uh, a couple of, I think two or three years ago at another event. And I said, hey, I thought Rex was going to do it. He says, well, maybe we'll get lucky with Todd. I said, oh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. No Todd Bowles anymore. Then it was Adam Gaze. Who's next? Robert Sala? I mean, give me a break. I'm going to throw up. My team stinks. But you know the thing is that Mark Ch- Sanchez he did well for you guys. Yes, he did. You guys went to you guys went to AFC Championships two years in a row. But let me tell you, it's because it's New York, mm. and once you screw up one time, oh man, they jump on your butt. Mm. And uh, Mike uh, uh, Sanchez couldn't couldn't handle it. Mm. And uh, if he had thick skin, he would have been able to you know rescue you guys, but uh, it just went downhill from there. You know, tell, tell Mark to stop hanging out with those supermodels. How's that? Tell Mark <laughs> to stop stop sticking his ass with steroids and do something, but but instead of running into asses from the Patriots or your own team. <laughs> hey, okay? hey, 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 Christian stuck in a nice little pun there. Uh, New uh, New York. If you do, if you struggle there, they'll get on your they'll jump on your butt. Mm. I see that. I, yeah. I heard that mm. nice little pun you snuck. Did in Did he there. ever? He jumped in his own team's butt. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so my, my question is to you is about the uh, but the, the football culture of the Chiefs. Always been one of the more unique ones. And now you're getting to witness it now as a fan. I, I saw you you posted on Twitter. You and, uh, you and Paul Rudd at the AFC Championship <laughs> game. And now Paul yeah. Rudd's doing the crazy Super Bowl commercial, the lace commercial that he does. So <laughs> both as a player, as a fan, what are some of those experiences like with the tailgates, the barbecue, the, the arrowhead crowd, all that stuff? What is some of the differences between both as a player and as a fan that you got to witness? Oh, man, I tell you what, it's just one of the best. Uh, it, it just coming to the game and walking in the parking lot, it's it's half the fun that you will have in Arrowhead Stadium. And then, of course, when the game starts, the fans the fans just the fans get into the game. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the Arrowhead Stadium when the game is going on no. and the national anthem is sung and our own version of the anthem. It's just incredible. My daughter who is an actress, she sang national anthem one year and um, I, I, she was practicing and at the end when when they say the home of the brave and the chiefs always say the home of the chiefs, you know, <laughs> very loud. So when she was singing, I said that and she, she, started, she got scared. I said, well, be prepared tomorrow. This is what you're going to hear. <laughs> you know, and, and it happened. So, but uh, barbecue and the parking lot, tailgate, I mean, when I was playing, I used to go out there and sit down with the fans and eat, you know, a few barbecue chicken, ribs, you know, um, barbecue beans. Uh, It's just best. It's the best. (laughs) We are talking to former Chiefs, all pro running back, Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. One thing that I have to say, I mean, your daughter's a singer. She's an actress. Maybe she can sing a nice anthem for my jet team to wake up <laughs> from the, whatever they're in, some trance or whatever, <laughs> some cemetery they're sitting at. Because To wake them up, huh? I, wake them up or do something. I mean, they're in some kind of zombie <laughs> trance because this team doesn't know where the hell they are. I mean, I wow. would love it. it may, maybe she could become the coach because obviously the coaches are just not doing their thing. 2023, if the Jets play at the Chiefs at Arrowhead, uh, make it work. Oh, please. Zach Wilson, (laughs) please. I'll tell you what. It it starts from the ownership. Hmm. It starts from the ownership. Go ahead. uh, Throw Woody under the bus. What a name. Woody Woody 
Johnson. Right. Just think yep. about it. Woody, you know, a Woody and a Johnson. Your underwear. Yeah. That perfect. Yeah. Oh. It's gonna be his fault because he needs to he needs to hire better mm. and draft better. Mm. I, yeah. he, they've had good drafts the last two years. I think Joe Douglas has done a great job. I just uh I, I just think that this team needs to find like that 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 player is gonna take them to that next level. And I just yeah. I don't I don't know if Zach Wilson's the guy. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe Robert Salas. Zach is a good quarterback yes. now. Yes. He just need a better coaching. Yes. Hopefully. I he mean needs, he needs a better coaching. Somebody to, you know, tell him, say, Hey, this is your team. Uh, you need to rise up and play. How about you become the coach? How's that sound? Can we can we hire you? Know, you? <laughs> can we hire you or somebody? You know, you know, I can do it. All you have to do is give the your players confidence to go out and play. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. Zach is a great he's a great athlete, mm-hmm. and he can throw the ball. Everybody saw it. You know, mm-hmm. um, he so he showed some flashes of greatness. You know, but uh, he just needs some encouragement from his coaches. He needs a better coaching. So is there any other experiences you've had in your career with a particular teammate, like the best teammate story when you were in Kansas City of any of the years you played in? Which, which teammate was that, and what was some of the best stories, one of the best stories that you had with them? Well, I don't, I don't have great stories, but, <laughs> you know, I, I have to tell you, I'll go back to Derek Thomas. Derek is one of those guys that didn't care very much about anything else but on the game. During the game, he plays lights out, like I said. But practices, meetings, he's always late every single day <laughs> to meetings. He's always late. He's that guy, you know, always late. But he's always gets fined every single day. And Marty used to yell at him all the time. But during the game... He shows up. He shows up. So it's kind of like a LT when LT was playing, mm-hmm. you know. But the thing is that when LT was playing for the Giants, you know, they let him do whatever he did because he showed up during the game. They come us though. They didn't let him off. <laughs> he got punished, but he still shows up. LT definitely showed up after he sniffed a bunch of, uh, you know, powder and, and when he was partying the <laughs> night before. I mean, he was hanging out with a bunch of hookers, and then he's going over there. <laughs> so now that we that's two or three sacks. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor, and one of the funniest guys I ever met. I'll never forget when I met Lawrence Taylor. The first thing I said, I said, I, I said, how much powder? What was the most powder you sm- you sniffed before before the, after the game? And and how many sacks were you thinking you were going to have in the second half of that game when you were doing it? And he told me, he, he smiled at me. He says, boy, wouldn't you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> so now, I now, love LT, man. I love him. <laughs> so now we know that the 1990s Chiefs gave, uh, gave out fines for being late. We know for two reasons Marshawn Lynch would not survive there. One, he comes so he doesn't get fined. And two, he would never be able to take your spot on the power back depth charts. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We had a good time, man. I love the Chiefs. Well, I will say I this. Love the out there. We really appreciate you joining us. You're awesome. Uh, your personality, it definitely everything that we've heard about you and, and we've read about you, and and, and the Nigerian nightmare it, that doesn't fit you. We we should call you the Nigerian. Uh, 
goddess or something like that. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. You were you're you're really cool down to earth. We we definitely would love to get you back on the show again. I know you're very, very busy with everything that you're well, doing with your kids and, and everything that you've been doing. it's it's amazing how how you you know you've taken your career to that next level after football and uh just uh, thank you for giving us the time and, and and the opportunity to interview of course and thank you you let me know next time you need me on i will come on because i showed up late today so oh stop i, uh, I hope you had a good time i hope this was one of one of, and you know how you say you you don't remember any great stories i hope that you know out of all the interviews you have in the future if if you're never on our show again, which you will be, because we we love you, we love you already. Uh, I, I I want you to say, you know what? Those sports loudmouths, those guys are crazy but funny, <laughs> and it was an, it was a, something to experience. So Carl said, guys, I, will not, I will not forget you guys. I won't. Thank you, thank you. CTE or no CTE, I won't forget you. Well, you know what? I might have CTE after some of the things I've heard, okay? Especially being a Jet fan. I mean, I've got CTE as a Jet fan, all right? I I should run my head into a wall every single time I think of my Jet team. Everybody, the guys on this show, people all around the country, they listen to the show, oh, here he goes with the Jets. Every year, every year, I'm like, this is my year. We're going to make the playoffs and. You know, we barely win three games. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, Christian. I spend my time picking on your division rival, the Chargers. So, <laughs> good. Figure that one out. You know, Christian, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Oh, okay. Just go to uh, okoyefoundation.org, and uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Christian Okoye, and uh, Instagram Christian Okoye thirty five. Remember. Remember, I want you to tell your daughter to figure out how to write a song for the New York Jets. <laughs> All right. It would be I'll great. I, you know what? I'll play it on this show so everybody can hear it. And on 103.9 <laughs> FM, when our show every Saturday when our show goes live, I, I'll play it, man. It'll be my, my theme song of my Jets until they win a Super Bowl, which probably be another 50 years from now. Well, I guess the song will be uh, the song will be top ten on the death chart at this, or uh, the, the, uh, the Billboard chart. My bad, the Billboard chart for a long time. If that happens, well, at least we want something. <laughs> it worked for Bohemian Rhapsody. It might work for the Jets. Get out of here! We're not Bohemian Rhapsody. You can't put the Jets and Bohemian Rhapsody in the same nope. conversation. Nope. Jesus. Nobody Christ. will ever be queen. But I'm talking about the, the time frame. Bohemian Rhapsody rebirthed on Wayne's World. Maybe this Jets oh, song will be rebirthed 16 years later by Miss Okoye. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Christian. Well, thank you guys for having me on. Talk to you guys another time, all right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We definitely would. And my, my producer right. will get you all the information, and we'll keep in touch with you. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare, or way we say, the Nigerian goddess, okay? <laughs> I, I like that better. He, it, it's perfect. It's perfect. It, it flows. I'll take it. I, I'll I take like it. it. I like it. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I mean, we have a bunch of Nigerian nightmares. Now we have the Nigerian goddess. You know? What do you think, Speedy? Uh, Carl's not a fan of the goddess. He prefers Nigerian the Zeus. How about <laughs> Nigerian the, Zeus. The Nigerian Zeus. I mean, I, 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 how about the Nigerian juice? How does that sound? I like oh, it. Nigeria. No, juice is taken. That's OJ. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. The Nigerian Zeus. How's that sound? Is there that better? Go. I like that. The Nigerian <laughs> Zeus. I mean, Zeus is the powerful god, all right? 
You like that? Yeah. I like yeah. it. I like it. You know, nobody can steal that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna copyright it for you, man. I'm gonna brand it for you. The Nigerian Zeus. Send it to him, Speedy. Okay. Send it All to right. him. All right. <laughs> As everybody knows, we were just talking to. Uh, obviously, former Chiefs All-Pro running back Christian Okoye, the Nigerian Zeus. How do you like that? Speedy? There you go. There you go. Speedy, what do you well, say about that? Nigerian Zeus. I like right, that. Great ring to it. I, I, th- I think it flows. I think it flows. Like uh, The show flowed all through the show. Uh, I'd like to thank Mike Hollis uh, for joining us. Uh, absolutely great kicker. Jaguars, Bills kicker, president of Pro Form Kicking Academy, Mike Hollis. And, and obviously... Uh, the Nigerian Zeus, Christian Okoye. Awesome, awesome Nigerian uh, Zeus. So, anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back tomorrow. Spooty, who do we got? We got uh, former Jaguars wide receiver Jimmy Smith joining us tomorrow. Jimmy Smith. Oh, I can't wait for this one. Oh, another Jaguar Thank guy. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. Thank you very much. Right. Awesome, Christian Okoye. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so Jimmy Smith will be with us tomorrow. It'll be fun. I can't believe you. You don't like goddess? I mean, uh, uh, maybe Zeus. Nigerian Zeus. I like that. <laughs> the Nigerian Zeus. You know? that Because the Nigerian, you know, nightmare, is it, it, it's been there before. I mean, we got to give him a new name. Well, no, he had the name first, and then they gave it to the so UFC a, guy. I, I, I want to give him a new name because nobody has it. You understand? Why? So just because the UFC fighter has it now? No, there's two people that oh, have two, it. There's, there's two, two UFC people. fighters? No, not two UFC fighters. There's two people in, in the sports world that, ha- that hold the same name, the Nigerian uh, nightmare. Oh, really? Okay. I, I, I was reading about the UFC fighter that has it now. What is the other one? A, a track runner? No, a CFL player. CFL? Okay. Yeah. So um, Nigerian uh, Zeus. That's what we're going to give him. Mm. I like that. It's power. It's emphasis. It's beauty. Okay. Well, goddess is beauty. That is true. Goddess is beauty. I like it. I, I, I mean, he liked it. Yes. It's, Carl it, doesn't. It, it, it's only Carl. Carl <laughs> Carl's like the only it. one we got to convince here. Well, I mean. Come I mean, on, Carl. You can buy into this. I mean, Christian was a beautiful man. How could you not think he was beautiful? Carl, I, mean, I even asked your Tecmo Bowl question. So you, you have to buy into it a little. Uh, nah. He likes the Nigerian Zeus. I like the Nigerian Zeus. I mean, Zeus was the, the, the king of all gods. So we'll call him the Nigerian Zeus. Uh, and you can send that to him, Mr. Nigerian Zeus. He'll have a kick on that one. Mr. <laughs> I'll send him a million fucking messages. Okay? <laughs> Speedy. But uh, I really appreciate Christian joining us. He, he was awesome. Uh, great show. It really was. Uh, no Tyler uh, sitting in the uh, second-hand seat over there. I just <laughs> want to smack him again, Speedy. Smack him again. Give him a smack. There you go. That was a girlish smack. Give him a nice smack. No, I went, I went lefty this time. Uh, you went lefty? Do you play with your lefty or you play with your righty? Play what? What am I playing? Do you play with your lefty or you play with your righty? What am I playing? Uh, I don't know. Do you play with your right or you play with your left? Pick one. Give me, a, give me something I'm I playing. I can't tell a you game, what you're playing. A sport. What are you? Uh, you're, you're playing tie the knot. Uh, I would use both hands to tie a knot. No, but you could probably, you, know, you got to pick one hand or the other. I'd use my right hand. All right. Okay. So you see that, Jeff? Uh, you see that, Jeff? You see that, Carl? He likes to use his right hand. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, ask Speedy if he can bench the bar. Could you bench the bar? I don't know what that means, but okay. Could you play with the bar? Again, I'm not sure what that means. I could, could you handle the bar? Maybe. <laughs> could you pull up on the bar? Bar is a very vague term, so I'm not really sure what well, you're referring to. Well, you know, uh, somebody's got to use the bar to pull up the bar, you know? 
okay, from the workout logic. You like them long or you like them short? The the barbells? You you like them long or you like them short? I have no idea. You don't like them long? I suppose not. Sure. Mm. Figured. Speedy, Speedy is a switch hitter. Ha yes, ha. yes. I, I think he is a switch hitter. I think he's more of a righty than he is a lefty. But I am uh, a righty. You are. I admit so I'm you, a righty. So you like to use your right hand better than your left. Yeah. Okay. I figured. The only thing I really do predominantly opening uh, with my left hand is opening bottles. Oh, okay. That's and you really like it. Uh, so everything with your right. Everything else I really do. More with my power right with your right, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. More power with his right. I mean, you got to be very caressful. <laughs> That's most people with our right hand. Well, I, I, not necessarily. You have I to no, no, no. I'm not saying I represent a majority. I'm saying it's still most people that are right handed like do most things with the right hand. When you like to caress, you know, things, do you, do you like caress? to caress, you know, you, you know, you pat and pat, you know, you know, give a nice little wave or two. You know, what do you like? Your righty or lefty? I would say a righty. I would, I, 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 but I'm not, again, I'm not sure what I'd be giving a waiver to. I, I don't know. It, it, it's something that we can only imagine. What a you travel would. waiver, a contract waiver. What kind of waiver I'm giving? Uh, so something that we we can't talk about. Anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, G- we got Jimmy Smith tomorrow. Yes, Jimmy Smith from the uh, the Jaguars. Well, ex uh, football player, uh, all pro. Um, uh, you know, pro ball player, six time pro ball player, great uh, wide receiver. Uh, by the way, uh, Carl says doesn't matter which hand for Speedy because he uses the sleeper technique. Absolutely, Carl. I think he does too, especially when he sleeps. <laughs> well, you're supposed to be unconscious when you sleep, so you don't know what kind of technique you're using. If you somehow have some kind of like give and go, baby, things, give and go when you sleep. Okay, go for it. Mm, you know, you got to give him the give and go. You know. Anyways, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And, yes, Tyler will be here as well. So good luck on that one. Uh, until tomorrow, this is Errol Marks and Speedy PD saying good night and happy good night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.